Hey guys, welcome to the Bagman Podcast, episode number 382. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out November 15th, the 14th, <laughs> it's 14th, 14th, November 14th, 2018. And we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're taking a look back at some of the books that came out in October of 2018 with our monthly look back. Uh, this month it's all just John and Chris books. Paul didn't have anything to bring to the table. So we're going to be talking about Death Orb number one, Umbrella Academy, the Hotel Oblivion number one, Iron Fist Phantom Limb number one, Batman Secret Files and Origins, Heroes in Crisis number two, and Spider Geddon number one. Uh, and as always, we start the show with a beer. And Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a beer in honor of uh, Mr. Stan Lee, who we'll be talking about a little bit mm. when we head over to the We Can Geek. But from Terrabin Beer Company, this is their Gamma Ray. Uh, mm. And it says on the can, because sometimes you feel like a superhero. And this is a wheat wine brewed with honey. Came in a four-pack of Tallboy cans. Uh, it's pretty big. I think it's like a 10.5% wheat wine. Uh, yeah, 10.8%. So I've actually been sipping on this for probably about like an hour and a half now, just kind of savoring it. And it's pretty good. Uh, I have no, no problems drinking this. It's been a while since I've picked up a decent wheat wine and I'm really enjoying this. It's got a nice little sweetness on it, but you can definitely tell it's a big boy. It's like a lingering, lingering alcohol feeling to it. Not a burn, hmm. but you can just tell. You know it's in there. You know it's there. Uh, and Chris or uh, Paul and I started off um, in honor of Stan Lee with Kelsey Grammer, the actor's uh, own hey. beer, because he was in uh, the X Men movies. He was. He was. He yeah. was Beast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Kelsey Grammer has put out a beer called Faith American Ale from the Faith American. Catskills Brewery. Uh, this is a beer that is just kind of a, a golden wheat ale. And uh, on the back of the can, it's a very simple can, just uh, kind of a panoramic view of the Catskills. Kelsey Grammer walking with a little girl, probably his daughter, but should be his grandchild. And uh, it says on the back of the can, Faith American which Faith is his daughter, is inspired by these mountains and the countless days of recreation and comfort they have given us. My family and I invite you to enjoy this beer. Signed, Kelsey Grammer. Uh, Kelsey Grammer enjoyed a golden ale from Firestone Walker uh, so much that he asked them to create a clone and brew it for him and then he hired a man to continue to brew it and put it out in cans uh i don't know where this is officially located i kind of got this through uh, a salesman in my beer industry and uh it's it's a well-made beer mm -hmm. but it is nothing there's nothing special about it it's a golden ale i'm not a fan of that style and uh yeah it's just 
You go, yeah, it's nice. It's drinkable. It's an easy drinking beer. It's only on a hot, like a hot summer day. It has to be really cold. Blondales, man. If they get, if they get warm, as soon as they, they, get they start sticky. warming up. But Ugh, on a, awful. like you get in from mowing, pull this out of your ice box and have it. It would taste. It would. It would be Just, one of the pop most one, ref- pop one open and say cheers. Exactly. Oh. Uh. Uh, That's when it would so be So according to the Faith American website, which is just faithamerican.com, there's really only one place that you can find it, and this is at Fabco Odyssey, which is basically where it's brewed um, in Margaretville, New York, and they are currently closed for the season. Uh, so so you have to have them all stocked up so, in your icebox or Frasier. Oh! Uh, <laughs> I like it. I, was I like say, it. I like it so good, Paul. You should be proud of yourself with that one. A bit. I'm writing it down for episode title. As soon as title. you said Icebox, I'm like, <laughs> I need to bring him back to it so I can say this. So just, it just sucks because if you're on the lookout for this, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite thing is I took a picture oh. and I sent it. I sent it to the guys. They're like, hey, guys, I have this. And Chris immediately, like, like as soon as I hit send, I get a message right back that's like, does it taste like tossed salad and scrambled eggs? I walked all over that punchline because I was giggling while I did it. It's okay. I was I was really proud of it because it was literally <laughs> no time. Had that one locked and loaded. But we didn't finish that beer, but a beer we are going to finish. Oh, we we're going to double. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna double. double. We got a lot of beer. We got a lot of beer. No, hold on. I'm not talking about that one because no, I want to talk about my beer when you're talking about that one. We have two other beers to drink. Okay. I yes. still have other beers too. I we not only do we have I want you hold off those John. beers you that you did. That you drink we, you drink the rest of your Kelsey Grammar beer. We already threw it away. And we have uh five other beers sitting in this room with us that we can easily open up and drink. I, we've never read we've never reviewed the Utopia, so And we've never cracked open that resurgence either. Nope. Alright, but uh, this is uh, Sloop Brewing's Juice Bomb, Northern e- Northeastern IPA. And this is uh, straight-up orange juice in a, in a can. Wait, I'm sorry, is it Northeastern or Nor'easter? Northeastern. Nor- Nor'easter? Nope, Northern Eastern. <laughs> so Nor'easter, got it, okay. Yeah. It's uh, North by Northwest. It's 6.5% alcohol by volume. It comes in a 16 ounce can get on your game kelsey grammar if you're going to can something put it in 16 ounces i don't care about your 12 ounce cans four pack tall boy cans guess that price uh i'm gonna guess 12.99 hey nailed it pretty good at guessing beer prices uh prices are right something like this call on me drew carry the fact that it is coming in at 12.99 when it could be 14 16 uh I think one of the best price points for the beer that you're getting. I think yeah, it's spot that, on. Twelve ninety nine was that point where I'm like, oh, he's asking because it's a cheap price. <laughs> anything lower than twelve ninety nine is so well. Anything lower than twelve ninety nine is just ridiculous, and I would be shocked. <laughs> so, it's delicious. It, it really is. It's great. Because if it was anything high, if it was high price point, you would be like, yeah, it's good. But for this much, I would you, take. You would have been. I would take this because of the price over wrench. Yeah. Any day. Yeah. That's that's a fair thing. It's exactly my argument for uh that we had last episode about any 
any session beer. Any session beer ever. Yep. <laughs> like, this is a great price point. I'm going to see this, and I'm going to uh, sloop it up. Uh, this this is on... I mean, you're, you, you're, you're golden. Did everyone catch that? He said, sloop it up. Um, this is on par with Wrench. I think this is just probably like a notch under mm-hmm. how good Wrench is. Wrench has a little bit more going on. This is just like a straight orange juicy thing. There's not that really good bitterness or IPA, you know. Yeah. It's missing a little something. But for twelve ninety nine For twelve ninety nine, it's it's it it's drinkable. It's deal. It's great. It's a deal. It's great. It's it's on that it's up on that tier. Mm-hmm. Price point puts it up a peg higher yeah, yeah, than it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. But uh absolutely delicious. Yeah, if it was priced the same as Rancher or anything else, I'd be like, Yeah, there's better out there. Go get something better. But for twelve ninety nine for the four pack, you're like, you know what? Yes. I can buy this and something else. Yeah. You, you turn all your cans of wrench, and you might be able to afford this. <laughs> you know? You know, get your deposits back, people. Buy Come another back. beer. You know what? We should treat people with some news. Unless Chris is opening up his second beer. Oh, I, I already opened it up, but I'm going to wait on it a little bit. Okay. I can't tell like I'm still getting like, the wheat wine flavor, or if it's mm. just this one now. So it take a couple more seconds before I get into it. Yeah, when you ride those galactic waves, not galactic waves, what gamma, gamma rays, rays. <clears throat> you, you you gotta you gotta readjust. Up. So uh news guys, like there's only one news story this week and it's really sad. It's that that age of ninety five, Stan Lee has passed. It's huge news. Big news. Everything. Like my that's all my Facebook page was yesterday. Yep. Like, from brands that I didn't even, you know, that aren't associated with comic books, they were posting things about it. Like, uh, Yellow Games, Skull Splitter Dice. Like, yeah, they're nerdy brands. But they were still having uh, remembrances for Stan the Man Lee. Well, I, I think that just goes to speak to just what a loss of a cultural icon this was. Because he, in one way or another, has touched everyone's lives. I mean, I don't want to say ours more than any others, but being comic book nerds, I mean, he was, you know, our superhero. Like he was someone that you looked up to. The time that we got to hear him speak at the comic book convention was electrified. Like just to be in the room with that man. Uh to be pushed out of the way by his security at another time. Like there's Damn always a, bladder. <laughs> there was always some sort of like excitement that came to like the room when you got to hear Stanley speak, even if it was just like in an interview, um, like that evening with Kevin Smith or whatever it was called, where it was Kevin Smith. It came with your, it came with your Spider-Man, uh, um, box set. Yeah. It was like the first movie box set or second movie. Uh, but even like, I mean, my mom's kind of nerdy. I mean, that's where I got it from, but even she put up something about Stanley yesterday and it's, Mm -hmm. I was at work and I had just gotten there, and we were kind of just doing our, okay, here's where we are for the day, catch up. And I walked out of the office, and one of my store's visuals was like, did you hear? And I was like, no, what? She was like, Stan Lee died. And as soon as she said that, I reached for my phone. And that's right when I got the message from John. And I was <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm, I'm starting my work day off on the wrong foot. Like, this isn't how the day's supposed to go. Uh, what's what's awful is that 2018 was not a great year for him. Yeah. With everything that was yeah. happening with him, like 
it just seemed like he's passed, you know, now that he's passed away, like, well, he didn't have a, he had a rocky road leading up to that. Yeah. It wasn't like a nice peaceful retirement or a peaceful thing where he mm-hmm. was, ah, he did these conventions, he did these conventions. He was in hospice, out of hospice. He was getting taken advantage of by his business manager. Yeah, it was, you know, off, yeah. There's like the, an armed gunman pe- outside of his house. People were stealing his blood. It was nuts. It was. Yeah, nuts. I, I, I told people at work about that the other day, and they were looking at me like I was crazy. I was like, no, no, no. This this was a thing that happened to him this last year. He was being shoved to conventions, having them sign things, and being cold, and they would wrap him up in blankets and keep him signing. It was yeah. just. It was off. It was it was a bad it was a bad year for him. At least he's he's able to find some peace now. Well, we hope. Yeah. We hope. You, you hope. <laughs> I don't know. What's I don't know. Are, are you insinuating think, he's going to hell? Is that what you're saying? No. You're terrible, that, Paul. I'm insinuating that we don't know what the hell happens after you die. I, just... I do know that he he probably just wanted to hold out before he wanted to die after Ditko. So Ditko couldn't come and stomp the ground out on his grave. <laughs> yeah. uh, he rubbed he rubbed some fellas back in the day not not too well. And he outlived them all. Bill Finger, uh, Kirby, Kirby. <laughs> so uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's he. I mean, he is, he is the the man. When you think mm-hmm. about comic books, he's the face. Yeah, he, he's a, a, the brand ambassador. He is comic books uh, to any person growing up, and mm-hmm. he's. There's no time that I really can look back and remember where Stan Lee wasn't somehow involved voice on a cartoon mm-hmm. reading the 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 bullpen on the the back of the yeah, yeah. the comic books like he just always was was there like a cartoon face of him on the front of your comic yeah. book like you just knew who stan lee was Pop, popping up in mall rats yeah he's he's the uh editor in emeritus mm-hmm. uh for marvel and I think he deserves it. Uh, he's still going to probably carry that executive producer credit on all the Marvel movies that are coming out. Um, yeah. Confirmed also, he did have two more cameos that had been previously filmed because he did a bunch all at once. So safe to assume we'll be able to see those before Captain Marvel and then Avengers 4, whatever that winds up being called. Yeah, they did uh, confirm it. Definitely one for Avengers 4. Was it also confirmed for Captain Marvel? Well, he, they, they said he had two Okay. Two, two more filmed, and Captain Marvel's the next one out, because that's coming out in March. Remember when he said he wasn't going to do the Guardians of the Galaxy cameo, because he didn't really know those characters, and they weren't his? Yeah, and then they were like, uh, Stan, it's a Marvel movie, we need to have you win it. Yeah. Those cameos, yeah, some were good. Some were alright. Some were great. And, uh, you guys want to talk about the top three? Let's do uh, top cameos? three. Cameos? Because uh, my first one, are we starting at number three? We'll start at number three, and this is this is Chris's baby. He said oh, okay. to do it, so Chris gets oh, yeah, to go okay. first. Yeah, this um, is Chris's baby. My number three is actually going to be from the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. Uh, it's a real quick one. He's only on the screen for a second, but he's an old man who's about to cross the street reading a paper when a young Matt Murdock stops him from crossing in front of a car uh, with his his game real quick moment but it's just one of those moments that brought a, a smile to my face being not just a comic book fan but a stanley fan uh i 
I will third that because that is my number three as well. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I I looked at it too. Is it's a great little Stanley cameo, but also the fact that the old guy crossing the street in the comic books, Matt Murdock saving him, and that's what causes the accident, and that's how he gets blinded. Like it had that little homage piece to that that I, I liked about that. Hmm. Uh, my number three is uh, him starring as Willie Lumpkin. That's a good one too. The uh, mailman. The mailman from uh, of the Fantastic Four, the sidekick. My number two. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. He's just there delivering the bills to Reed Richards in that movie. It's the perfect thing. He's, a, he's Willie Lumpkin. He's, he, hit, he hit that from when he created that character. He, <laughs> when that movie he ages was made, into him. He aged into it. Perfectly. It's, uh, he always, uh, Stanley always said that he saw himself. He always wanted to play J. Jonah Jameson. And I never got that. But, yeah, uh, he was too much of a, a desk thumper. And that's that's not Stan. That's not Stan. But Willie Lumpkin? Stan Lee? Stan Lee? From now on, any artist, if you're drawing a Fantastic Four book and Willie Lumpkin shows up, you got to be. It's got to be Stan. Like, that's that's the character from now on. At least in my heart, that's how it is. So uh, that's my number three. John's number two. Willie Lumpkin. Uh, go ahead and do your number two. My number two is going to be from uh, not a great movie, <laughs> but it's my favorite. It's one uh, of my we, favorite. We already talked about Daredevil. I, so. <laughs> I, no, I think this this one might be mine just based off how you're framing it. It's it's uh, from the movie Thor, oh. and it deals with uh, trying to get Mjolnir out of the ground, and Stanley's driving a pickup truck, and it, the whole bed rips off the back of it, and he goes, "Did we get it?" <laughs> I, I just like it. I it's just good, like him. He looks like the kind of guy that would be doing that out there. No, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, because they put a denim coat on denim him. Denim coat and a baseball cap. Perfect casting. I'll, all I know have is if this unmovable, this unmovable hammer's there, and this old guy that's like a wafer thin goes, hold on, let me get my truck. I'd be like, who the fuck is this guy? Is this truck? Because he knows he can't move it, but he can do it his, with his truck. His beige and has, truck. And somebody, it's his old beaten off truck, but it's gotten him through thick and thin. It's all the floods. It's all the it's droughts. It's all the floods. floods. The flood of Noah. <laughs> it's all the droughts. It's gotten through the good year, good harvests and bad harvests. That truck has kept his family fed for years, and it's going to get this darn thing this darn alien thing out of the ground. And then it doesn't work. <laughs> but he's so optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> the next scene would be great. He just breaks down because his truck is now broken. Oh, the hubris. I do want to lament. Would be, it's such great melodrama. I do want to point out, so uh, Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four number one, he's, Will, he's Willie Lumpkin. Fantastic Four number two, He's going to the wedding and gets turned away as Stan Lee. Lee. But he's Willie. He's <laughs> Willie in this universe. Right. Makes no sense. Chris, you're number two? He, he can be multiple people. Uh, spoilers for maybe my number one. Uh, but my number two is actually going to be his appearance from the 2003 Hulk. Uh, not a great movie. Oh. But this the, is what I one, thought you were getting is that at. The one where he drinks the juice? No, that's from the that's Incredible Hulk. Oh, it's it's uh, when he's the security it's guard. When him and Lou Ferrigno walk out of the lab. Cameo. Yeah, and he's just like, all I'm saying, it's a big company. They can afford more security. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
again, it, it's such a stupid, fun moment. And you get two cameos at once with Stanley and Lou Ferrigno both appearing uh, as security guards for this science building. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those fun moments is I just, I could just see them like, He's the shit sir. He's just there like, they can afford more people. Mm-hmm. I, don't know. I always love that one. Uh, Chris, why don't you say your number one? Because I think it's the same as mine. Uh, well, my number one is actually from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yep. Okay. okay. Is that yours too, Paul? No, I was going uh, to Age of Ultron. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, I just, I love the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 one just because it's while they're jumping through just the different like hyperspace gates and you get to see Stan hanging out with the Beyonders and he's just referencing back to, at that time I was a mailman. So he either is all of his previous cameos or maybe he's some sort of extra dimensional being that has knowledge of all these other universe and appearances. I want to know more about that. And I'm just kind of saddened that now I probably will never get an answer to that question. Uh, it, that would it, be my number four. It went on a little long. <laughs> oh, it's so great because they just walk away. away. They, they walk do. away from him and he's uh-huh. like, where are you going? I got more stories. You were my ride. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's great because it is, it's the culmination mm-hmm. of every Stanley appearance mm-hmm. that he's ever done. And that it all leads to that character because everybody had that internet rumor that, oh, he's a, he's, he's a beyonder. He's the watcher. He's... Mm-hmm. That's who he is. That's why he's in all it's these the impossible movies. man. Yeah, and uh, and I think that's what's great about that scene. Is it? It is. It ties into all of Stanley's appearances. Mm-hmm. Your uh, yours was Age Ultron. Ultron. I don't remember. He's it. a World War Two vet. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. out there drinking with his buddies. Excelsior. Steve Rogers. Yeah, he says his catchphrase. <laughs> it's so good. He's walking out, getting drunk because Thor pours him the uh, whatever drink. He says it's too. It's too strong for you, old man. Uh, for for mere mortals, and uh, yeah, there you go. And it's I, I just really like that one. Uh, and oh man, I had another honorable mention that is now fleeted from me. Uh, I think I mean I think one of the one of the best Stanley cameos not in a Marvel movie uh, is the Mallrats one. Uh, Chris Chris mentioned that, but also another honorable mention outside of that is. Um, the Spider-Man animated series, where Spider-Man goes to the real world and then has a conversation and swings around with Stan Lee. Like, it's a really crazy God moment, God in his creation kind of a thing. Uh, I just think that's a fun one. That's, that's why it's the episode of our work for, this, <laughs> uh, for episode number 382. Um, if I had to pick a honorable mention... I don't remember which Spider-Man game it was. If it was like Spider-Man 2 on PlayStation 2 or if it was the first one on the PS1 where after you beat the game you actually got to unlock Stan Lee as a playable character. Like he took the role of Spider-Man. <laughs> I, I need to look it up now because I can't remember. There was a bunch of different costumes for uh, Spider-Man 2, that one. The one where the... Are you thinking about the one that was Evil Dead? Uh, Bruce, uh, that, no, that was Spider-Man 2 because that was Bruce Campbell. He was like yeah, the, Bruce Campbell. the narrator. Yeah. He does the intro part. Yeah, he teaches the, the you tutorial. How to be, the, yeah, teaches you how to be Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. 
That's second. Yeah, so I'm I'm trying to research it now, and I guess okay. I haven't played the new Spider-Man game yet, but apparently he had a cameo in that too, because that's what I'm seeing pop up. Nice. Into the Spider Verse. No, the game. Isn't that Into the Spider Verse? No, I don't no, think what's no, the that's game? just Spider Man. Yes, oh, really? Spider-Man. It's just Spider Man? Yeah, just called Spider Man. Oh. The movie that's coming out, the animated thing. That's Into that's the Spider Verse. That's Into the Spider Verse, yeah. which looks so much better than the book Spider Geddon. Oh, do not say that. Uh, I enjoyed that book. What, Spider Spider Geddon? Yeah, I just don't get these vampire things. We'll talk about it later. You didn't keep up last time there was a spider gun. Was there anything else we wanted to talk about? I think uh, uh, the only other thing I had was the uh, reveal of the Detective Pikachu uh, trailer that came out. And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm still looking it up, and I just found the it was from Spider-Man, uh, the game that came out in 2000. But yeah. Uh, but no, uh, we're finally getting a live action Pokemon movie and we just got the trailer for it yesterday. Uh, Detective Pikachu, where Pikachu is being voiced by Ryan Reynolds because apparently there's a human that can understand what Pokemon are saying. Uh, so instead of just hearing Pika Pika, he hears Pikachu talking. There's, it's like a crime noir thing where they're trying to find this kid's dad. I don't know. Sign me up. I'm on board. I'm probably going to go see this movie. It, I, I think so, too. I um, oh, Excuse me. I burped. Um, I thought it was just fun, and I enjoyed playing Pokemon. I watched the cartoon when it first aired. Like, it, it's in my wheelhouse of things that I like, and the fact that I think this is a nice stepping stone for an actual, like, franchise movies where you can do... Uh, Pokemon movies, this one kind of has that fun not maybe taking itself way too serious. But serious enough. It can introduce people to this world where people and Pokemon are in this world. Uh, It seems fun. I made my wife watch it because she's a Pokemon fan and she was like, I don't I want to see it, but I don't know I don't I don't know. What is it? I was like, I think Detective Pikachu was, it was a thing from the cartoon that every once in a while he put on that Um, hat. Apparently there was a game released in Japan last year that was Detective Pikachu. And this is semi-based off that, I guess. I don't know too much about it. Hmm. All I know is it's, it looks like what everything Happy Funtime Murders should have been. been, (laughs) Where it's, it's the world and it's a serious take on that, but by serious it means like it's it's a world without being gritty and gross and just over the top. It just it's like a lived in world and this is what's happening and everybody just kinda of goes about their day. It isn't Happy Fun Time Murders, whatever that movie became, because I never saw it. I will never see it. Nobody I did. just don't care. Um but I, I uh, really but think I'm, I'm also the gonna... same way. I think people are going to okay. turn off for this movie. I, I can see this doing really well. I'm by the time Pokemon came out. Apparently, I was already in my grandpa stage. I was already <laughs> grandpa, grandpa. You already grandpa, grandpa Paul, Paul. Uh, because I never got into the Pokemon. The cartoon just never interested me. I just I'm just not a Pokemon person. I tried to catch them all, and I just got bored. I'm like, nope. How many? No, too many. Too many. Don't care. 
Uh, after Generation like Two, that's where I started to kind of to fall off a bit. But the movie seems to be more based around that Generation One, like the Pokemon you know and love. Uh, I, I think this looks a lot of fun. I don't know. Um, although I watched the trailer a few times, I don't know when the movie is actually supposed to be coming out. It says next summer. Okay. Oh, uh, well, I think this is a definite uh, shoo-in on the bracket, then. Like, this this will be on the bracket. Oh, it will be on the bracket. I don't oh, know yeah. if it's a shoo-in for the bracket. No, I, I can see it going pretty far. Because oh. we've had Pokemon movies before, but they've all been the cartoon. Like, okay, here we go. This is definitely more in line with something like Transformers or Power yeah. Rangers, I think, where it's going to be the people that grew up with Pokemon, like John or myself. Yeah, and people that now people have that, disposable income. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, then, like, their families... They're no longer asking go. their parents to go so they can get the exclusive trading card if you're the one of the first whatever oh, hundred yeah, people kids people, people. that show up for that movie. Um, I like that you're, like, disposable income, themselves. and I was like, I have a kid on the way. I don't have disposable <laughs> income anymore. Uh, Did you ever have disposable income? <laughs> Was Yo, it like a two-month period? Whole, yeah, when, I, when I married my wife, I did. This whole podcast <laughs> is based off of disposable income. <laughs> Comic books, movies, video games, beer. We, we write it off. We no, write you guys it write it off. Oh, crap. Hey, hey, yeah, uh, you gotta write it off. I write it off because it's but, uh, my passion for beer from this podcast that got me my job. There you go. Uh, I will say, though, on my We're birthday... On my birthday, I went to Disney Springs just as like a treat myself day. I was going to get lunch and just some like drinks, like walk around. If I saw something cool, like, hey, treat myself. It's my birthday. When I got there, the parking ramp was full. There were people everywhere. And it turns out it was a Pokemon like fan community day where you could catch like exclusive Pokemon at some locations. And Disney Springs was one of those locations. So it was just people with multiple phones and iPads walking around trying to catch, like, the special Pokemon. And I was like, all right, like, Pokemon Go still has some kind of huge following. All of those people are going to go see this movie. I I think this movie is going to do quite well for itself. And I I think we're going to see the birth of the Pokemon Cinematic Universe now. Uh, yeah. And I, I think definitely anyone who has... A fondness for or that that nostalgia for Pokemon is going to go see this, and I think it all stems from too how good Pikachu looks in that trailer. Uh, also, I hey, think it looks yeah, he looks good. I looks think furry. too now having Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool appearing as Pikachu in this, I think this is going to create like a broader spectrum too now because it's Ryan Reynolds being Deadpool in a Pokemon movie. He's just full of like. like the put downs and the quick quips, like he's mm-hmm. he's got it. Uh, guys, breaking news: uh, three minutes of Aquaman has just dropped online. Uh, it's, you can find it over at comicbookmovie.com. Uh, uh, well, are we going to take a pause and watch this? So we no, can talk about it? I just okay. don't care. I care. It's, it's three minutes of Aquaman. That's there if you want it. Uh, you, you already had the trailer, which was five minutes, Aquaman. So. Was, that was five? it five minutes long? Ugh. It was extended. Guys, it was extended. Red Eyes, you know? What can you do? Without seeing this new <laughs> footage, uh, I'm looking forward to Aquaman. I was at a store the other day, and they had Aquaman Funko Pops. 
And I was thinking about buying them for my bathroom because I have an Aquaman bathroom. And I was like, I might want to hold my hold my purchase on this until I see the movie. But I don't know. Aquaman doesn't look bad. No. Oh, we haven't even done the list yet. I was going to scroll what, away from the list what, to go try to see what's going on. What doesn't uh, look bad are the books that Carl... Are we doing out. beers next? I'm confused. Yeah, we can do beers. We can That's, do beers. You threw me off. Yeah, Chris, we... You know what have? isn't bad? Beer. Beer's good. I love beer. Chris, what kind of beer are you drinking? I have a perfect career. segue. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Wasn't stepped on at all. <laughs> From perfect. New Belgium Brewing, I actually have their Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA. It's oh, a good beer. Uh, an IPA with uh, spice added. I... I picked this up expecting to be more of a juice bomb. I'm getting a lot more of the haze. It's a very dry, piney hop on the front end that kind of covers up any of the juiciness that I thought I was going to be getting from this. It's not bad. I picked up a a six-pack of it, and I think it was only like $9.99. I don't regret this purchase at all. It's not what I expected it to be. this is the beer that I was having back at the beginning when I told Paul that I was like, no, I want to hold off. I think I'm still getting some of that wheat wineness from it. Just because of the kind of hop dryness that I'm getting on the front of my tongue. Uh, uh, this is a beer that I've had. I, I like it. I do, when I've had it, I have had a nice juiciness to it. But here's the big difference, Chris. Up here in New York State, we get it in, we get it in four-pack cans. Wow, get okay. It. We don't get it in bottles because they know this area from Ohio to uh, to uh, New England and Vermont. That's what we want. We want four-pack tall boy cans. <laughs> so We're just more environmentally, you know, concerned. Yeah. Now, Florida has no recycling program for cans or bottles, so you, you're probably right yeah. on that front. It's not bad, Less though. packaging. Um, Definitely, I'm drinking at room temperature. I think I should put this in the fridge because I think you should this put it in the fridge. A lot crisper. Maybe I'll get more of that juiciness, but it's not bad. It's just I, I really expected a lot more like a, a citrus pop on it. You know the thing that I'm that John and I are drinking, and I was expecting more of a punch, but it's still really nice, light, and refreshing. It's very refreshing. It's so good. Uh, this is the Oma Gang's Brute IPA, uh, a dry, sparkling Indian Pale Ale. Uh, a Brute is you know, got those tiny bubbles, right? It's going to be yeah. It's going to be a bel- It's going to have the Belgian yeast strand in it. This is yeah. a beer they don't. Ultimately, they don't recommend sitting on. But this right. is a beer that, because of that Brute IPA, it will evolve. Okay. What will come out of it? It'll totally with that yeast. will totally make a change. But will also, it become I mean, all banana. Did you get yeast on the bottom of your glass? Because uh, I don't have it. I, I I don't think I have it either. So maybe maybe they maybe they. I mean, it's it. not corked in cage. So yep. So I don't think yeah. It's if it's not corked in cage, you can't have yeah. that going on. So it's not it's not a living organism beer. It's not living. It's yeah. a dead. It's a dead beer. Uh. Oh, John, you did all of your shamanistic rituals for nothing. No, not on this one. Not on this one. He just handed me to pour it, and I just poured it like an idiot. You know, just poured it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to take that. I know, right? You got this one? (laughs) 
You've been making yourself laugh so much during this, especially when you're supposed to be talking. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a. They say it's a champagne-like IPA, and it is. It is. It's, it's got that that crispness to it. This is the beer I expected them to make when they brought out their first IPA, Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Like I was expecting a, a Belgian-esque IPA. I think they delivered it. I think it's it's not overpowering. There's a mm-hmm. nice like lemon zesty. Yeah, refreshing. I would drink this. I would pick it up. I was expecting more piney IPA versus this lemony IPA. But it's, it is you can take big gulps and like you you're not getting anything more from it. it. There's nothing that makes you want to slow down on it. But there's nothing that makes you want to speed up either. It's like a weird beer. It, does it have the ABV on it? It's a uh, yeah, six point three, six point three. I have a, a sampler bottle that I got from work, so. If yeah, this isn't, it's, this it's isn't not released. for resale, for sampling only. Uh, I don't know, I, so to kind of go back to like, what Paul was talking about, I feel like that kind of lemoniness is more in line with what Brewery Omegan does, though. Like that wouldn't mm-hmm. seem too far out of left field for like all their saisons and just like the farmhouse yeah, like, style stuff that they normally do. Like that seems in line more than something that's like overly hoppy. Uh, yeah, I think this is great. I think it's a really nice drinking beer. And um, this is—it's been, I think, almost like eight years since we had the uh, um, Ithaca box of uh, oh, Belgians. That, that was, was really Florida good, Lee. But this reminds me of mm-hmm. that Florida leaves. It was that I, you know, that Belgian mm-hmm. IPA that we all really, really liked. Really good. This is probably the closest thing I've had to that that I can think of. Yeah, and, and and you invoking that makes me like this beer a little bit more. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm excited like, yeah, to try this because I can actually I can get Omegan stuff down here, and I've seen uh, the Brunetta on the shelves. I haven't picked that one up yet. I don't know if anyone else has had that yet, but it's something that I'm kind of curious about. And if I find the brute, I'll I'll pick that up as well. You'll probably see it sometime in December and into the new year. Oh. Uh, just quick sidebar, and sorry to cut you off, Paul. Uh, Christmas beers are out now. Uh, they, they have the Great Lakes Christmas Ale at my beer store. And they also wow. have the uh, Southern Tier uh, 2X. 2Xmas. All right, so next episode we do our – oh, Jesus. We got <laughs> – Middle got of one, November. Just decide. We, <laughs> we got one sitting in our, uh, in our room here that's – who knows how old? Just, oh my god! It's two years old. Three five sixteen was when it expired. No, oh, three don't, five don't sixteen. Drink that. So it's it's three years old. Don't get uh, old, old curmudgeon. <laughs> well, we have to drink it. We gotta because, drink it. That's why it's been sitting around. Because I brought it specifically because we were supposed to drink it at a for, year. At a year, and it was one of those things where I put one in the fridge, and we kept it in the fridge, and one out because I'm like. Well, what's what's the difference between celery? We got a little the correct way and not celery. We got a, a little experimenting to do. But why don't next time next week Science. we do two X? We'll do some garbage uh, Great Lakes Christmas, and then we'll and the do a the fresh fridge. Christmas. I'll, bring, I'll try to remember to bring the one that's in the fridge. Um, and if we don't record together, you still got to drink that, and I'll bring <laughs> the one that was in the fridge. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. It's it's written uh, down. That one will. I'll just save it, and we can do it together. No, no, no. There's no reason Paul, for me to drink Paul it on my wa- own. I just want you this? to drink it on his own in case it gets you sick. How about this? I I owe you a tilt back. Tilt is uh, yeah, around. No. 
you take a swig, and I have to drink the rest of the bottle. Ooh. What if I take a swig, and then I have to uh, squirt the rest out of my <laughs> no, mouth into your no. mouth, and you got to drink it that way? No. Mama bird in that. You're not gonna... No. <laughs> Mama birding. Good. That was great, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> no. No the rise of the snowball returning. The revenge. <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> it was a throwback. It's a good one. Uh, I'm going to introduce the books, Chris, uh, Paul, Chris and Paul. But, Paul, you go rinse those glasses out okay. for the next beer for us. I was waiting for you to leave, so I was going to talk shit about you. <laughs> oh. oh, can you believe he's trying to make you drink that beer? Normally, why would you wait suddenly? Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out November 3rd. Th- 14th, 2018. For some reason, the 14th is giving a lot of problems this episode. Oh, man. I, I don't know. I'm half in the bag. Uh, but the book I'm looking forward to is a book that I've been talking about for a year now, and that is Mr. Miracle. Number 12, coming out from uh, Tom King and Mitch Gerald's. Gerald's? Gerald's? And uh, it's a book that I have loved. It's been one of the only superhero books that I've been buying and um, really enjoying. It's one of the books that when it comes out, I can't wait to read it. I go home and I read it. And I can't say that week to week with comic books um, at this point in my life. Years in the past, it was a big thing like, hey, I'm buying my books. It was the best thing about when I went digital because – I could wake up because I had Wednesdays off, and I would wake up, I'd buy my books, and I'd sit in bed and start to read them. And this book has done that for me. You just... Are we just going to... Just drink your own. I don't think I can finish Then don't finish it. It's fine. Okay. I don't have to work tomorrow. I'm I'm going to enjoy all this beer myself. Uh, but that is the book that I'm looking forward to. Uh I'm also looking forward to a book, and my book's actually going to be Firefly Number 1, and this is coming out from Boom Studios, written by Greg Pack, with art by Dan McDade, and this is kind of a flashback in the Firefly universe, and this is going to be telling the story of Captain Malcolm Reynolds in the War of Unification uh, that broke him and turned him into a brown coat and led him uh, to meet Zoe, his first mate. This is kind of the story that we never got to see in the show. Like, we saw glimpses of uh, the war. We never got the full story. I'm looking forward to this. I don't know if this is a ongoing or a miniseries, but Firefly is one of those universes that I really want to play around a little bit more in. And every time they come out with a book, I pick it up. We talk about it for the look back. I never really keep on it. I'm hoping this is the one that kind of turns me. This is the one that makes me be like, all right, Firefly's here, guys. Let's let's strap in and and ride that Jane train. Like, we'll see. Uh, the Firefly books, I think, work the best when they're in that one issue or ha- you know, like extend it. The hard co- the hardcover or like it's like not fully a trade. But yeah. it's not really half a trade kind of a things like. I think the, the last book, of those we read was the uh, the Shepherd's Tale, the one about book. Yeah, and I I thought that was 
that was a great story that I never got from that. Uh, another one that that I remember and I really remember liking was the the wash one where it was just three random guys who heard that he had died and all had a story to talk about about him. And um, I think those are the the two that really stand out for me. The other stuff that we've read, uh, the good days, right? That was pretty good. Well, the one where things were going well for him. Oh, yeah, like they actually did yeah. a job where it worked out. Um, yeah, yeah. Bright, that was nice. Brighter days or something? I can't remember. Yeah, it's something like. Yeah. Yeah, Firefly kind of works the same way in comics. I enjoy it the same way I enjoy The Last Airbender in comics. Like, you know, those like quick hits, like one combined story, let's go. Just, and, uh, just glad it's still around, you know? There's still enough of a following that they can say, like, hey, let's do this Firefly book. You know, years and years and years after the show ended, and we got a big screen move. Like, and that alone is unbelievable enough. Yeah, Nathan Fillion, still a fan favorite. Yeah. Still called out to be everything whenever there's a casting rumor. Exactly. Has anybody seen his new show where he's like a rookie cop? The Rookie? Is that what it's called? (laughs) I think it's called The Rookie. (laughs) Not Rookie of the Year. That's a great baseball movie. Oh, man, if they did like... (laughs) So much fun. This is great. Funky butt lover. Isn't that what he says? Maybe. I, I believe so. Uh, Paul, were you just reminded of that because that video that I shared? Yes. For like uh, the other team. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's I nothing saw... in the rule book. I know it says there's nothing in the rule book, but come on, guys. We got to shape up. Uh, I saw Rookie of the Year in movie theaters with my grandmother. <laughs> I saw Rookie in the Year in the theaters, probably with my grandmother, too. Yeah, at, the, saw... at the This Means Nothing to Anyone listening to this show outside of Buffalo, a.k.a. Hamburg, New York. Uh, I saw it at the McKinley Mall, like, general cinema. Like, back when that was the place to go. Yeah. That was the movie theater in that area. The first it was, it was, like, a lot it was like an octoplex. There. It had, like, eight theaters there. Mm-hmm. Remember going the to see movies, and they... This is before they had the previews, before the previews, where you just stare at a bright red screen. I don't remember that. You don't the remember that? Movie, oh, my gosh. The first movie I remember seeing there at the at that cinema was Star Trek Generations. Oh, mm. that's a good one, though. Yeah. first movie I remember seeing there was uh, Didn't see the Care Bear one where they go to camp and, like, the smog monster is, like, a bad kid there. And I, re- I remember this because I got really freaked out because my dad bought... He bought two tickets for my sister and I to go see that, and then he bought a ticket for a different movie. And it was the first time, like, we were in that theater on our own, and I was, like, panic-stricken the whole time... And then there's this bad monster on there, and then you hear about, like, don't talk to strangers, and I'm like, I'm surrounded by strangers! <laughs> and my dad you went had and a saw John Mulaney some, breakdown. My dad went and saw some other movie, <laughs> and then he, he came in, and then he sat behind us, but he didn't even know it was us, <laughs> and... I realized it was him, and I turned around, and he blanked me. He didn't recognize me, his son, who's staring at him, who's having a panic attack. I was like four or five years old. Actually, 
I saw, I saw aliens there too. My dad, my dad, aliens two another... or aliens as well. Aliens two, which so is aliens. aliens. Okay. He took his. I still he, haven't we, seen because any because they had there was like a Monroe or Sears or whatever. The cars there is getting tuned up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Go to a movie, only movie playing. Aliens. You don't know the backstory. You haven't seen the first. I haven't one. seen it. You know what happens in the first part of that movie? Somebody rips. alien explodes out of Sigourney Weaver. Scares the shit out of me. I start crying. <laughs> my mother tries to comfort me. She's got no maternal instinct. Uh, She's like, it's okay. As long as you don't eat bad food, nothing's going to jump out of you like that. Scared the whole time. Spent the whole thing like with my hands, like covering my face, trying not to hear anything. Last part of the movie, though, when she's in the robot thing and she fights the alien, like I looked at that and I was like, that is so cool. And I wanted to go see the movie again because right. I missed half of it. So, <laughs> Paul, we'll get to your pick for the list in a second. <laughs> but I just got sent down a bizarre internet rabbit hole when John was like, oh, like my sister and I saw Care Bears. My dad went to see another movie. I want to know <laughs> what else came out around that time. Oh, so. Oh. So, Mar- oh, this is a great so Care Bears, Care Bears Two, came out March 1986. Other movies that came out in March I was, 1986 I was four. were Highlander, oh. Chopping Mall, <laughs> Lucas, which is the Corey Haim football movie, and then Cobra. My dad could have seen Cobra or Highlander. Ooh, ooh. Also, Chopping Mall. Paul, turn turn off your headphones. Uh, the Money Pit. <laughs> Oh, that'd be so worse. I like you said, turn off your headphones, and Paul went to go take it off, and was like, no, I want to hear what it is. I'm like, no. It's a Tom Hanks well, movie, I had to. I know, it's a um, Tom Hanks movie. I've seen like that Tom Hanks the, movie. I do not movies, enjoy that one. He probably went to see Highlander, but then also, I feel like, well, he would have taken John and Kate to see Highlander, so oh, I don't yeah. know. But also, it's a movie that would have ended before Care Bears, or that was so bad that he would have just been like, whatever, I'm leaving. It wouldn't have been Chopping Mall, and it wouldn't have been Lucas. Lucas. But it, it, it could have been, Co- it, it really could have been Cobra. And that's why he left early. He's like, never mind, I'll go see <laughs> yeah, Care Bears. Cobra's a really good, bad movie. It's bad. Is that about a, a helicopter? No. No, that's the Sylvester uh, Stallone, where he's like a cop. Been he's like a cop. future cop. He's part of no. He's not a future. He's not cop. Future. Okay, that's demolition. He's man. part of the zombie squad, which are the nighttime guys, nighttime police guys. He's part of this crew, who then his wife at the time witnessed a crime by the sadist uh, Mike motorcycle gang that he then has to kill all of them. Hmm. Oh, it's probably that one. And for some reason. He goes home like he, as Cobra? he's as he's going <laughs> in one part of the movie as Cobra Cobretti is his name. Oh, Cobretti is his name. Cobretti is his name. So they he call goes him Cobra home for short, and he smashes into some guy's car and moves it to park. The guy comes over. He's like, "Hey, man, what's your problem?" And he's like, "I'm a cop." Rips the dude's shirt. You see his microphone. <laughs> uh, scene. He then goes home, grabs his mail. Walks, goes to walk into his apartment, throws it into a grill, shuts the grill, then opens up his freezer, takes his gun cleaning material out, or 
gun cleaning items out, mm-hmm. grabs old pizza, cuts the pizza with scissors to eat it. Yeah, that's what Kate and I do. And then, no, no, like he'd uh-huh. cut bites off of the slice. Oh, not not cut the <laughs> not cut the pizza. No, he's got one slice and he cuts a piece and then he picks it up and eats it. Gotta keep your and hands clean when you're cleaning your gun. gun. It is utterly bizarre. Utterly bizarre. John, I yeah. need you to ask your dad what movie <laughs> he went to see because now I really want to know. He won't remember. The guy's a lunatic. I, yeah, but there, there's a chance well, he, he could. watch movies like Do Cobra. Not- you you're not watching, I mean, like, you can't prompt him and be like, oh, was it this, this, or this? Like, I want you to be like, hey, do you remember seeing a movie when you dropped, like, Katie and I off to watch Care Bears? Like, do you remember what you want to see? And like, that other oh, movie out. oh, Cobra, it was terrible. Like, I, I need that see, story. You know how I know it's not Cobra? Because we had a VHS tape of Cobra that we taped off of, like, HBO. Mm. So he wouldn't have watched that and then... Watch, but I, I don't feel like again. he would have left Highlander either, though. No, I think he could have. I Highlander, Highlander it could have been. Dumb. It could have been not something else. It, no, it's, it's not dumb. But I mean, you have to like look back and watch it through the eighties. I watched it during the nineties. The first Highlander, yeah. Didn't I like can it. still watch the first. Yeah. No, the Hessian or whatever they call them. First Highlander is good. Second one is never not, got to the second one. Is not great, but there's entertainment. It's why make him a Spaniard? Like why? Why make the Irishman a Spaniard? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Scottishman a Spaniard? It's, yeah, and they make the Frenchman a Scot. <laughs> he's Belgian. Oh, he's Belgian. Oh, I'm thinking of the guy that played him in the television series or whatever they call him. Because it's, it's all stupid. It is all stupid. It's all stupid. But, Paul, what's not stupid is your pick for the list. Forgot what it is. No, it's, it's Wonder Woman, number 58. Uh, the reason it's I'm... stain. I forgot what it is. I don't care. Nothing matters. Uh, Highlander well, is great. This has been great. a fun show. But uh, J. Willow, uh, G. Willow Wilson, coming back to D.C., writing after her stint with Miss Marvel. She's picking up Wonder Woman. I'm excited to see what's what she does with the character in the beginning of the arc called Just War. So we're going to see this. I, I don't like how they have now rewritten Wonder Woman yet again to no longer have taken up the mantle of God of War. I really, really like I really like that from the Brian Azzarello, Cliff Chang, uh, Ultimate Run of Wonder Woman. I, I think it's it's the best run of Wonder Woman I've ever read. Yeah, I, I want to go back and. Reread the uh, or read the George Perez run that came out right after Crisis because I hear that's an ultimate run as well. Uh, I, I enjoyed the Rucker run when she's a diplomat and it's a lot of the whole diplomat yeah. intrigue. Uh, there's a lot of that, and even um, what's her name, um, Gal Simone. No, that was awful. That wasn't good. It was not good. She was living with a monkey. I that bad. sounds great. I don't. <laughs> Guys, try to go back. and I don't know. I You're don't a like Wonder it. Woman guy. I am a Wonder Woman uh, that's guy. That's weird. Is it weird? It is. Li- are you, just you and you in general are weird. I, I am. <laughs> Doesn't like Highlander 2. <laughs> I just, it just came out. I don't know. It was a good one. It was a good one. It is good. And not that you like Wonder Woman, though. Yeah, just you. You're just weird. 
That's an episode title. No, you're just weird. Just weird. Okay. I'm thinking about lot, what I was I've saying. had a lot to drink. This thing is off the rails. I can't wait till we start talking about these books. I can't wait. I have two more They're beers you want to talk too. about, too. Oh, let's open up these barrel-aged beers, Paul. I'm going to drive home in the snow. It has been snowing. Snow? It's Not- 75 in Florida. I don't know what you're talking about. No, it's snowing here. That sucks. <laughs> snowing here. I just remember we went, Chris, when we went down, my very first time down there in Orlando. Oh, this just reminded me. Paul, today's the anniversary when you puked in my kitchen. <laughs> oh, is that why you sent that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, which episode number is that? I don't know. You should have done the research. Uh, the I'll episode title is Paul Loses It. I remember Paul that. Paul Loses It is the title. Yeah. We got Paul. He drank. He choked. He laughed. He puked mm-hmm. in Chris and, and my kitchen. That's, that's like one of those My things. old kitchen. And then and he also puked on his shirt. And there's a moment where Paul like steps out of the bathroom. And he's like, hey, sorry, guys. And he doesn't have a t-shirt on. And then I was like, hey, man, you got to clean up your puke. And then Paul's, like, shirtless, cleaning up the puke. And it was all so surreal. It was so weird. It was very weird. And then, I'm just glad there wasn't a picture. That's all I'm saying. I'm like, oh, God. I saw that, that you posted it to our Facebook uh, messenger. I'm like, did he post a picture of me cleaning up the puke? Like, no, what is this? you know what? Wasn't smart enough to take a picture of it. Uh, it was Bacon Board episode number 102. <laughs> <laughs> uh, surprisingly, I was able to just Google Bacon Board, Paul loses it. And then brought it up. Bacon Board episode 102. This is the one where Paul loses it. <laughs> so, guys, uh, I have some unfortunate news to share with you. Mm. My wife has now taken it upon herself. Uh, apparently, it's a thing in her office. That if anybody says cool, she immediately follows it up with whip. So if you, so she just te- I, I let her know where I was. I'm like, hey, just as a reminder, I'm doing the podcast over at uh, Studio E. F? F? Yeah, we call F. it HJ. HJ? Okay, Studio HJ. For hand jobs. <laughs> Weird. And she just sent me a message back saying, cool. And then she immediately sent another message. Whip. Cool whip. What does her pillow say? Those are no longer on our bed. Those are <laughs> in the bed in the bed, uh, the basement. Well, what do they say? They say, party, yes. Party, sleep and party on one, on one pillow. And then yes and no on the oh. other. Oh. Cool. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I do not. I think we got an official title now. It's Cool Whip. Do not uh, condone this. And I, the only reason I'm talking about it here on the show is because Kate doesn't listen. Kate doesn't care. <laughs> Nothing matters. None of this matters. You know what does matter, though? No, they don't. Our next beer? I was going to say a dramatic <laughs> reading. Ah, I have to read that. Let me look it up. So now, so now I'm dead air while he yeah. fumbles with his phone. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. I'm locked and loaded. And now, a dramatic reading from the century, number one, page three, panel eight. No matter how hard I tried, I could not become the century without also bringing 
the void to life. So for years I was nothing. Rather than risk the void, I simply stayed away in earth and dead. There's a sound effect there. Yeah. Oh, is there? Yeah, you gotta do it. That was a dramatic reading from the century number one, page three, panel eight. You were very robot. You like your robot voice. <laughs> I went nerd, and then went, I went fabulous. No, you went straight up your robot voice, and then you tried to go fabulous, and it just became like uh, the nutty work. professor. Because then I, <laughs> ooh, I don't, I don't want to, I, I don't want to be too fabulous. Because then I don't want people to be like, oh, it's kind of a jerk making that fabulous voice. Was it a tricky thing to do a fabulous voice? I don't know. Can be too fabulous is the problem, I think. Can you be absolutely fabulous, though? But you know what is fabulous? Your next beer. Yes. Uh, it's not that great. But the name <laughs> of the beer, the name of the beer is great. And it's alpaca kisses. And there's two alpacas kissing with little hearts bubbling out of their kiss. And <laughs> know what's great about it? It, it doesn't go for a uh, weird pun. No. Alpaca kisses. Alpaca kisses. That's all it is. And it's a swift water. This is swift water brewing company. Oh, I'm thinking it's still swift water. water. Yeah. You, you said still water before. I was thinking swift water. Oh, sorry. Sorry, can't talk Chris. About the beer change anymore. your notes. Change things. God. It's swift water. And swift water is it one sense. word or two words? Swift water is one it's word. One word. And swift water, I should have realized it was swift water, not still water, because I could make sense of the can. Yeah, you can. You can I can actually label. read a label. Uh, this is uh, Rochester, which is just about 45 minutes from uh, Buffalo. Uh, Rochester Brewing Company. And this is an IPA. This is going to be... Yeah, it's an IPA. It's an IPA. It's leaning towards New England style. It's with cloudy. The, it's the very cloudy. Easy. It's trying to be a little juicy. It's not it, orange. It is a, a month old. So it's going to be a little lacking something with this kind of fresh style IPA. Yeah. It's still good. It's not great. It's obviously I get that envelope glue. It is where it's like, oh, it's a little past its prime. It's got that little Yeah. Because you know, I'm getting ready to mail out my Christmas cards because it's before Thanksgiving. Sure. You gotta drink so all you those gotta Christmas start, beers, you might as well you mail out your cards. Yeah, yeah. Gotta start licking those envelopes and uh it's sticking definitely those stamps. juice bomb the the Omega Gang IPA this and then the Kelsey Grammer beer. Kelsey Grammer's like off the table. Just knock yeah, it off. We, we don't care. This, oh, you did a power ranking right there. This isn't a you bad. Yeah, it I did. You got to announce that you're doing a power. Oh, ranking. I was just saying, like this isn't a bad beer. No. It's obviously I saved it for the last because I think it, I I thought it was going to be the worst. Faith American aside, <laughs> Sloop I knew is a good beer. The Brute I knew should be fairly good. <clears throat> this is the beer I was worried about. Why would you end on a sour note? Because I always have more beer, baby. <laughs> You're like, huh, you know what? Because you were you led me <clears throat> to believe that we got through all the bad beer when we finished when we Is decided, this bad? It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not it's, the best. But Faith American wasn't bad. It just wasn't good or great. This is 
This is okay. It's drinkable. It's, it's not the worst thing not, we've ever had. No, it's, it's not. It's a fine pizza beer to beer. finish on. Pizza beer. Can we all agree? With pizza, pizza beer, beer was, was probably the worst beer we pizza ever beer had. Pizza beer was terrible. Yeah. Chris, save us from um, ourselves. My next beer is just, what? Doesn't have the ABV on here. On the beer. I was going to say what it was. <clears throat> Unknown. Uh, my, my next one's only 4.2%. And this is kind of one of my go-tos just for something to have for just quick drinking. And this is Avita Brewing's Purple Haze, a raspberry lager. And from the moment that I first had this at Pizza Plant, I have loved this beer. It's not the best beer ever. It's nothing fantastic. But there's just something about it that's just so crushable. It's so delicious. I picked some up the other day when I was on my way home from work and I just see it's something, something to drink. And I know that sounds terrible, but I had a long couple days at work. I wanted a beer. I stopped at Walmart. They don't have the best selection. <laughs> uh, unless hey, they, they, they have purple haze. They have purple haze. They also have dragon's milk, but it's like $18 for a four pack. So Ooh. I was like, nope. Um, but I picked up a six pack of purple haze just to have, and I probably drank one of them when walking in my apartment. And I was like, I already drank a beer. I can have another one because there's really nothing to it except it's just. You can have another one. You went up that flight of stairs. It's, it's just good. It's just a great beer. It's a classic. It it's is. it's one of those ones when somebody's like, oh, is this good? I always go, yeah, it's a classic. It might not be the most raspberry uh, beer in the world. No, but it is a great flavor, great drinking beer, great for a hot summer day. It's great for even now. I could sit and have one and enjoy it. It's a it's a great beer all around. It's there, There's a reason it's their flagship beer. It's a reason that's what's... If anything is from Abita is going to be on tap, it's usually going to be Purple Haze. Yeah, there's, there's literally nothing wrong with this beer. I might not... One thing... There's one thing wrong with it. Okay, what? They rebranded with that, like... Like the Voodoo vo- Doctor. The Voodoo Doctor on the front. I, that I don't get. I have no problem with that. I mean, they are based out of Louisiana, and when they did do their rebranding, they kind of based it more along the lines of, like, what you would expect to see, like, tourists, New Orleans. I don't I don't mind that. I don't even remember what their branding looked like before that, because there was it nothing was to a- it. It was just like a purple. It just said purple haze. His his next beer is purple haze. Oh, classic! It is a classic. It's a classic. Um, I don't know. I I do like the the <clears throat> Doctor. Um, Doctor Vasily is one of my favorite Disney villains. So I have no issue with that, John. I'm sorry you did take umbrage to to the branding. Um, <laughs> even like there are other kind of beer I'd put alongside this the uh, the strawberry harvest one. <clears throat> I would. That's still not bad, but I would take this over that. Um, they have. Yeah, that, if I get a bit of beer company, the pumpkin or the pecan, the pecan, and, uh, and, and then they place. just put out um, part of their harvest series. They have a blueberry out as well. I didn't have it, but uh, but the it, pecan is good. Literally, just something pecan to pick up to drink. You, you can make a worse decision, and mm-hmm. I have no issues with. The purple haze. No, it, it, buying a Kelsey Caramel beer would be a worse decision. <laughs> buying a pizza beer. Hey, it was handed to me. <laughs> Not purchased. It was. I given. wasn't even paying attention, and the guy goes, "Hey, do you have faith in America?" And I went, 
I don't know what you mean. Are we going to get political? <laughs> and I'm straightening something, and he just hands this to me, and I go, oh, I get it. A beer unwillingly given. I got ice Beer. <laughs> Willfully <laughs> drinking. What the are you, are, are you summoning the Dark Lord? Is that what yes, you're I am. Okay. Because I just watched that last night. Nice. One a night. One a night to get us ready for Friday. The opening of uh, hey, Commanders. Are you going to go see Fantastic Beasts 2? Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'll probably are you go. taking your wife? Kate wants to go. Wow. Did she see the first one? She likes the first one quite a bit. We own it on a Blu-ray slash DVD slash uh, digital copy. Because she did. Did I, she I go say with digital. us when we went to see it? No, because we went. Maybe at she. Night. No, didn't she do it? Because like, didn't we go to out? Uh, we went out to Wild Wings after it. No, we went to Anchor Bar after. We don't have to it talk was, about this on the. Podcast. It was Doctor Strange. <laughs> Doctor Strange. Strange. She won. Oh, I think Fantastic, Fantastic Beast is much better movie than Doctor Strange. They did come out we like back to back. We went with Aaron and Erica, and it was you and me and your wife, yeah. and that was it. Remember when we saw Black Panther and we oh. were super drunk? Yeah, that was fun. I remember looking for my keys. Your wife explained it to me. I don't need my keys right now, and I said, "Yes, I know that." And then we were at Chipotle. <laughs> Let's see. See, the problem is, is the one time she hid our key, your keys on yes. you. Yes, we couldn't leave on time to go see a movie. She hung your keys up. Looked everywhere for those damn keys. But you know what? I'm not looking for a good book. Spider Geddon number one. You're not looking for a good book? No, I found it. It's right there. Spider Geddon number one. <laughs> yeah, I was confused by that, too. your book. Uh, yeah, because that's going to head us into our main topic. And this week, we're going to be taking a look back at the comic books that we picked up in the month of October for 2018. Uh, and... I guess we're going to be talking about Spider-Geddon number one coming out from Marvel Comics. This was written by Christos Gage along with Dan Slott with art by Jorge Molina. And this is picking up in the Spider-Man universe um, a couple of years after the Spider-Verse crossover where the Spider-Men and women and girls and everyone that has a Spider-based power from the multiverse came together to battle the inheritors a race of uh, vampiric enemies that feed off of uh, totem based uh, superheroes a lot of backstory uh, basically what it is it's just a big crossover of different spider-men fighting vampires what's not to like apparently something Paul didn't enjoy yeah uh I, I- too many. It's Spider Geddon. Too many spiders. <laughs> Too many Spider-Man. I know. I just don't understand the villains. Who are they? Um, they're what? And they're, they, they kind of they just kind of introduce them as if I already know. Well, you should have. You should have. Like we've read. It was I think train. all the other Spider-Man crossovers that have had them in it. Yeah, like two years ago we did the the Spider Verse. That was uh, twenty fourteen. Is actually when that happened. Was oh, that wow. Spider I uh, Spider Island? No, that no. was no. separate. That was in this. Okay. That was not this. That was when all those Spider Man teamed up. No, no, that's when everybody became Spider Man. No. Well that was Spider that Island. Was Spider Island. Spider Island. That. That's the last one that I remember. We never read that one. Yeah, we didn't no, do that that's one. That's the one I remember. 
but years years back, there was the Spider-Man book where he met the guy that also had the spider powers and he explained the totem, and then there was this vampire guy who... Like, the other. Yeah, he, Spider-Man, the other. He, I never read yeah. it. He would live... He would suck the soul out of people on the spider totem because they tasted the best to them. Yeah. Vampire totem people. And, and Spider-Man, spider powers come from the totem... I don't like it. Don't like it. Uh, I liked it. It was it was going back to something I really liked with when Chris bought the entire the entire series, and then he also was buying the Spider Verse book where it was just like crazy team ups. Mm-hmm. And I like this. I liked the Captain the Captain Britain Spider Man. Um, they tied in the Punk Spider Man. Did they where? Because I saw him, like, as a little featurette, and I'm like, is that... Did the artist screw up? Was he always supposed to have that weird metal, like, mohawky thing? Yeah, he's, but he's a spider punk. But where does he show up in the book? He's in the book! Does they it, even say what his real name is. Oh, really? Yeah, there's multiple Spider-Men in this book. <laughs> I know that, but... Like, Captain Britain, I remember. Spider-Gwen, I remember. Spider-Ham showing up, I remember. Uh, Spider-Man Noir, I remember. You know, in Miles yeah. Morales, like um, okay. and then there's the the octa the top. and uh, the female Doctor Oc, yeah. who's good. He's the other Spider-Man that's there, wearing the leather vest with the spikes. Did he do anything in that book? Uh, he uh, not so much, up? but he's he's there as one of the that. other Spider-Men. Like I'm I'm going through flipping, and he's in like every panel. <laughs> he's there all the time. Uh, they but, even give. A, they even say what his real name is. He's Hobie Brown. Uh, Don't care. No, but the story for this one is uh, Doctor Octopus Otto Octavius is still around, and he's now heavily invested in cloning technology, and he's using the cloning technology of the Inheritors, these totem vampires that we've seen previously, as well as the Jackal from the last uh, clone conspiracy, big Spider-Man crossover that we have. And his using of their technology is basically releasing them from their prison that they had. Uh, so now we have the Inheritors back again for more multiverse Spider-Man craziness. And that's, I mean, this issue is all set up just to show how the Inheritors escape. And now that we have to fight them with all the different Spider-Men, maybe all the different octopuses, who knows, octopi. Uh, I don't know. I I really like Spider Man when they do these big crossovers. So yeah, I'm on board for this. I liked it too, and I re- I liked I liked having the the Oc- Doc Ock Spider Man back. I thought his costume too was great. Yeah, that's a, it's a really it. slick costume. The, uh, I would if if I had been paying attention, I think that bo- his book has been around. I would have been buying it again because we got that. What was fun was that. Doc Ock being a bad guy but trying to be yeah. a good paying off the Sorcerer Supreme villain, like being like, yeah. no, listen, you're gonna leave because I'm gonna kill your bloodline, yeah. and that's the only thing you care about. Yeah. Like, I, I like that, but I like that. And then the uh, what I like is that the villain calls him out. He's like, well, you're not a good guy. You're just a bad guy, you're just like us. He's like, no, I'm a good guy that's willing to. Take a step beyond. To do what needs to get done in the most efficient way 
possible. Like, and I have a fabulous costume. I'm going to mess around with you. Like, we're not doing this whole BS stuff. This is the deal. This is, yeah. We're yeah. negotiating. Let's get, you're a businessman. Let's get to the this table. Is, Let's this get is the settled. end game. You stay out of my city, or I do this. Uh, and I like that. I'd be, I would be reading that book if I had realized it existed, or if it existed, or if it's going to be spinning out of this. I like it. I like that you got the Spider Man, and you have now the the Octavius bloodline in there too. With uh, you have that uh, Velma character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does just look like jumping, Velma. jumping around with that gun. Uh, I- I want to say her name is Octavia, but I'm not 100 percent sure. It is Octavia. Yeah, it okay. is Octavia. Uh, and it, it Warner was Brothers fun. owns it all. So and it the book matter. looks great. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the, I think the art looks great in it. The art's fantastic. It's it's a great looking Spider-Man book, and I'm sorry that Paul didn't like it because of Spider-Punk. I, don't, I know. Is, I just, was that the was just, that the hangup? I don't. No, know. I just don't understand the villain. Like, okay, they're vampires that feed off the totem, and I just don't like the idea of the totem. Like, it's kind of like when they say, oh, Green Arrow, the reason why you're so powerful is because you ha- you're destined to be the arrow because of the lineage, and that there's also the shield and the sword. And, yeah, uh, like, that yeah. kind of BS, this, the totem thing. Okay, when well, they, I mean, when they just... introduced this back in the early 2000s, it made, it made sense, and you were... It wasn't just dropped in your lap it mm-hmm. was led to this point where oh you're part of this thing that's why you're this and it was before all the other spider-men came up mm-hmm. yeah. and then dan slot was like hey that was a great storyline great idea let's bring that character back mm-hmm. and evolve it and it would be great bringing in all these spider-men that people would love and that's like in that first Spider issue that Han. we read in the spider ham but in the first issue they show the um uh, the hostess. Remember on the hostess oh, yeah. pies, you'd have those Spider-Man uh-huh. comics. They show that Spider-Man getting killed, right, and being eaten and absorbed. And it was like, oh, that's a great callback. They yeah. have like the the newspaper Spider-Man showing up. Like mm-hmm. all those things are great things. The Nova or not the Nova, the um, Captain Universe Spider-Man version. Like all those characters coming in, yeah. and it. It was just fun. So this has been building over numerous years. Yeah, and you just you don't not like the whole, being totally aware like, of it. Yeah, I, I just but jumped off the train. After if you don't like the whole guy got killed. If you don't like the totem thing, just think. Okay, they like to eat people that have spider powers because there's enough of them out there. Right. Yeah, and they right. just happen there to call the people now. Yeah, they just happen to call the people Dude. with the like the spider powers. Like, oh, that's the totem. Like, hey. This it's is, like the Jet Li movie, right? The you know one. <laughs> it, I'm not saying it's not bad. I'm I'm not saying it's not like Keep Highlander. People can right. enjoy it. It's fine. It's just not for me. Okay. This it's it's the Highlander of of the Spider-Man. There can only be one, and they're going to eat them all until there's only one. Who knows? But there's also an octopi. Like they added the octopi. Well, I, do they, they, like, they don't want. They, they all wanna, got. They all got eight legs, right? They don't want. Actually, they don't want the octopus the though because he's, octopi- he's not an actual. He's not an actual totem. He's a pretender. Right. Oh, he's a pretender. That's why they eat the, the, It's octo- octopods. Octopods is is the plural of octopus because sure. it's Greek. It's not Latin, so it's octopods. The only thing about this spider getting is like on that last page when it has listed 
all of the Spider-Man books that this is going to be going through, and you're like, man, I just yeah. want to read Spider-Geddon. Um, I, I will be picking up the rest of Spider-Geddon. I feel like it's going to be like we had with Spider-Verse, where you will see those side stories where it's like, okay, well, this Spider-Man group's splintering off to take care of this inheritor kind of thing, like where you don't need to pick it up. We got uh, a thing called I, Vaults of Spiders. You got another uh, one. Oh, called, I was going uh, to do, like doing my my pull list for like the next month, just so I, I could see if I had anything for the November look back. There's a lot of spider books like spinning out of it, but Spider know, Force, be, Paul. Spider Force. No. No, he said no. I said no. He said no. Just, I, I was shaking no. my head. Sorry, I texted. It's audio, audio podcast. <laughs> audio podcast. Well, no. Paul, uh, did you say yes to DC Universe's Batman Secret Files number one? That was actually nice. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, th- this is a anthology book. Uh, oh, wait. A... Okay, go ahead, go ahead and explain it, and then I got a burning question. Okay, uh, a bunch of stories uh, written by... Ram V, or Ram 5, I don't know. Sherilyn uh, Eaton, Tom Taylor, Tom King, Jordi Belair. Art by Jorge Fornes, Elena Casgrande, Brad Walker, Mikhail Jandon, and Jill Thompson. Uh, this is an anthology. It's a bunch of short, quick, like maybe four or five page Batman stories. Um, here for your enjoyment, maybe. Uh we, I, I, Chris. Yes. So it starts off with a with the story of uh, Batman, you know, getting into a fight. Superman comes in, and they're fighting together, and it's great. But man, Batman, he breaks a couple couple ribs, breaks a couple uh, fingers in his in his hand, and, and so Superman's like, "Hey, look, buddy, there's an impossible planet, an impossible universe, in the impossible zone." Of the impossible Phantom Zone. And I, I have Platinum Kryptonite here. And it acts in the reverse of Green Kryptonite. It gives humans uh, superpowers like myself. If you just touch it. Does I'm that, keep my fingers in the pockets. Does, Batman, do we ever get back to that? No, and it? no, that's the thing. Because I thought that... Because that story written by Tom King, art by Michael Janin. I thought that was going to be like a framing device for the rest of the stories we got here because it ends with Batman with his broken hands asking Dropping Alfred like, Hey, am I, am I enough? And then we get like a bunch of other short stories. And I thought it was going to kind of circle back to that Batman. And all like, these short stories are of Batman not being enough. Yeah. Uh, right. No, it, it, I it think, is. I think, I think that's why it was the thing is, is he enough? But and it, again, is, it doesn't. No, he's it doesn't, just a man. He's just but, a man. But that's the thing. Okay, it doesn't. Ahead, it doesn't really bookend it. So I understand how what you're mm-hmm. saying because I kind of came into it the same way because that question's never really answered by Batman or Alfred once we get to the end of this the, this book. And the thing is, also, yes, each story seems like it's like yes, he's not enough, but also that if he had superpowers, it wouldn't have mattered, like. He, yeah. Even if he had all Superman's powers, he wouldn't have saved that cop. You know, the cop would still be struggling with with fear toxin. He tried. He tried to help yeah. that cop. 
Uh, it was best. Even super. We're de- I, well, but I I did like that story though, because um, uh, yeah. that's the nature of fear. I mean, we might as well just go through it. Um, <laughs> by Ram V or Ram Five, or by Jorge Fornes, uh, and this is a cop giving an interview after being affected by the Scarecrow's fear toxin, and just Batman walking him through the recovery process. And I, or it's yeah. I, I think this was a great Batman story and a great Scarecrow story because it's dealing with the fear and how do you get through the fear. But at the end of it, you realize, like, no, like, the cop hasn't been able to deal with the fear. Like, he's he's still suffering through it. This was the best story uh, in this. I, I would disagree with that because of the last one. The last one is good, but it's it's good because it's not it's not about Batman. Yeah, it's about Detective Chimp. Yeah, and it's a good Detective Chimp story. This is the best Batman story in this book. This is what this book should have been about. It should have been about the more of the people in the world of these Batman books. It's, it's Gotham PD. Go, yeah, Gotham Central. Yeah, Gotham Central. Yeah, and That's and I mean, I guess in the next one you have it more with. You have that really big Lucius Fox moment, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. It wasn't good. No, I, I think the next one, um, which is one written by Cheryl and Eaton with art by Elena Casan, uh, Casagrande, they're both very ground level stories where it's okay. It's the policeman interviewing the victim of the scarecrow toxin. This one is all about Commissioner Gordon talking to Batman about drones that are taking people out and then Batman meeting with Lucius Fox about oh, we make these drones like what the hell happened uh, ground level I, I think that's something that's always appreciated and liked in the Batman universe but I think one was kind of the weakest story in this John do you own uh, Batman uh, war games at no. all? Cataclysm no Chris owns all of them I own all of them I Somebody open up to, a Gotham to, map. I, I need a Gotham to, City map right now. I didn't have to buy those because Chris had them. Because where the hell is the hill? I don't think it's on any of the maps uh, that we've had before. I swear these writers just like uh, make up a new neighborhood. Yeah, it's the neighborhood that's on the hill. <laughs> They're like, Batman, you don't get up here. It's like, wait, Batman doesn't get to a neighborhood? Gotham, Batman City. Batman patrols all of Gotham City. He doesn't just stick to one town. It's not Daredevil. I didn't like it because of that. It just took me out. I'm like, I was like, yeah, it was, around it was a for... section of the city you never heard about, but the story in the end wasn't good. And like Commissioner Gordon being mad at him because it's like, it's, it's not about the freaks and the mask. This is real world stuff, Batman. Like he's aggressive towards Batman, which it's like you only listen. You, you only come out on the weird calls, and uh, the ones that I get. It it, it just wasn't. It just it. wasn't. It wasn't a good story. And the next story isn't that good either. Uh, with sorry, him I'm in the snow. Through. Oh yeah, oh, that that, that's the worst. It is. It is the worst is story it in Batman this. Year Zero. It's the it's it, it's, it's Batman hunting Man Bat. But it seems like it? it's yeah. Well, he thinks it's Man Bat, but what? would a bat be flying around in the snow? Yes, because it's 
here? Well, he he's there to he's there to hunt down Man Bat, and it's almost like Batman with cabin fever because he's just stuck inside dealing with his own psychoses over like the soundness and everything that's happening outside. And at the end, like as a result, he winds up shooting an arrow into a, a deer that's just outside. And uh, this was enough by Jordy Belair and Jill Thompson. And you know what I didn't like about this book? He just left the deer. He didn't be like, hey, you know, I killed this deer. He, Maybe I should eat, eat it, it or something. He, or covered, something. he covers it in snow. Oh, yeah. It's I so think weird. that's just the snow falling on it. No, he, yeah, he just No, like there. the second last panel, like he's pushing snow over it. Okay, yeah. It's it's weird. It, I don't agree with that take on Batman whatsoever. One, Batman enjoys being alone. But he's got a all. cool vulture-esque fur lining around his <laughs> It's his winter wear. Um, I, you know, I don't I, think this I think, was the like the worst one. I I like no, Batman. It, it, I, I just I just hear me out. I like okay. Batman getting stuck in his own head and just ultimately like realizing like no like this I'm my own worst enemy. I think the art on this is worse. I oh, think yeah. this 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 story is the worst. The drones one. I thought like ooh. Nothing could be worse than this drones one. And then I read this one, I was like, nope, this is worse. And I had no hope for the last story. And then Detective Chimp shows up, yeah. and I was like, man, this book Saved is it. golden. Um, Saved it. All right. This, uh, Can I talk about the snow one? Yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Uh, because I, I do agree. I think the snow one is the worst. Because uh, I don't enjoy the premise of it. Of Batman not... Of being alone and not just using it all for training. And the killing of the deer. Batman lives by one simple rule, and that's use all parts of the buffalo. Like, <laughs> he will take any time to, like, hone him skills, do anything he needs to do. Him being trapped in his own mind and, like, not liking himself, that's a me problem. That's not a Bruce Wayne Batman problem. I'm reading Bruce Wayne Batman to escape my own, like, not wanting to deal with myself. I'm alone. I'm going to read a comic book so I don't need to be alone. I don't need to be have that mirror shown at my face. Well, not only that, it's it's Batman, the ultimate planner, the the, the, the brilliant tacticianer who doesn't just go up there with like a hey, I got a fur yeah, lining a and a bow and arrow. Like he's he got would, the bat plane flying over, looking for heat siege. Yeah, signatures. he would be. It he's would got, be a total thing, and he would have had heat imaging in you yeah. know. It, it's, it's Batman Year Zero. It has to be. Yeah, it's or it's just a poorly written Batman yeah. story. It's not the best, but I, I, I like it more as a character study than I did the, the other but one. But I don't agree with what they come up with as a character. I don't agree that Batman would not like him. That Batman has made all these choices. He, he doesn't and like himself. Not liking, I doesn't like himself. No, I, I feel uh, like, no. I think Batman doesn't like. Him. Yeah, I, I feel like everything he does he just constantly reminds himself. He doesn't. Like, oh. He doesn't think of himself as something that exists. Is he mm-hmm. something that is? Yeah. Like it. There is no fun to the man. There is no. There is just. There's the mission. The, yeah. Well, there, and, there's and the mission, this, but also on that note, like everything he does, he's fallible. Like he's never going to succeed, and that's what keeps pushing that onward. But he. I don't think Batman ever questions himself like this. Like I don't know. Do we need to talk about the next book? 
the, the oh, next one, geez. which is entitled The World's Greatest Detective and Batman by Tom Taylor with art by Brad Walker. Because, yes, this was my favorite one in the whole series. This is the favorite one. I meant the next book, next book. The where, Sanctuary. The Sanctuary. Oh. Oh. Uh, and I don't agree with that either. Go ahead. This, But the Detective Chimp book... None is the best story oh. in this book. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. is. It yeah. is fun. I yeah. love. I love Detective Chimp, mm-hmm. and I and they used the writer knew how to use him right, and to 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 tell a good story using Detective Chimp because mm-hmm. it's more Batman is secondary within this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those moments too when people like I I think of him only as Detective Chimp. But when people call him Bobo, I'm always like, oh, yeah, that's his name, <laughs> Bobo. Like, and it has all these great moments, and it it's just a really well-done story. And I, I don't know. Chris, if you want to give it a little more light. No, uh, this is Detective Chimp teaming up with Batman about a kid that just kind of got lost along the way and fell in with the Riddler's crew. Yeah. Uh, and Detective Chimp's out to kind of redeem this kid because he hasn't done anything yet. Like, the kid deserves a better life than what he's setting himself up for. And the kid's father is the person who set Bobo free. Yeah. It's good. (laughs) I really dug it. I like how they they show how Detective Chimp deducts. Mm Mm-hmm. And how, of course, this is your favorite gargoyle, and this would be the point that you would do this, because this is the only gargoyle that's not smiling. Mm-hmm. Like all those little, all those little beats. And he's still like in the deep of it. He's like reading the classifieds, and that's how he figures out Riddler's clues because he's like, "You aren't looking there anymore. Yeah. You know, you're Batman. You're you're not looking. You would you would have figured it out, but you would have had to do some extra work where I already did it." I already figured it out for you. Because I'm still reading the classifieds. Like, Batman doesn't read the the Gotham City classifieds anymore. Right. Like, he might have a program, an ag, uh, uh, algorithm planted on the back computer to look for things like that, but he's not going to be doing that little mundane work anymore. That Detective Chimp, you know? He's still on street level. He's still, he's still he's doing it. He's speeding the ground, like he says. He doesn't have a crime lab. He's got a magnifying glass and a hat. Like, he's just... <laughs> I did like that line quite a bit. <laughs> like, he's just there beating the pavement. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a short story, but I I really dug it. And I I wish we had more stuff like this coming out of, like, the anthologies or collections that we get, because... The world's... Uh, what, what was the book that I... Brave in the Bold. Yeah. That came out all of... Like when like, I or the, read like it, the DC special. This should be a Brave and the Bold book. Yeah. Detective Chip and Batman. We had Wonder yeah. Woman and Batman by Liam. Uh, art by Liam. The Sharp. thing is, is the 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 thing that would make the most sense is like those backup issues that sometimes were better than the actual oh, book. Those backup trades yeah. that they were doing right after. But it would be like, like the four or five page thing. They, what they need to learn is that just do a one shot just continuously put out a one shot people will pick up the ones they like people won't pick up the one certain ones collectors will be pick up all of them and but also traits but also yeah because they did that when the new the After. new 52 launched but i didn't need six issues yeah. of dead man i didn't need five issues of this like 
to put. I was them thinking out. more so after Infinite Crisis how they did those backup stories. Yeah, where, no, the right, backup where, stories too. Like right after they went from uh, twenty-two pages to twenty pages, and they gave you two pages of like a backup issue. Yeah, or four. Like or four. Like yeah. they would do that, and sometimes those were better than the. Mm-hmm. They were better than the actual book because that's where the question was forever. Yeah, under, uh, yeah, the, and the crime the bible and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and with Batwoman. But those are sometimes those things are the best things. If somebody has an idea to tell a story, mm-hmm. just do an issue. Just do two issues. You don't need to make a trade. And that's what they that the new when the new Fifty Stew started, they'd had that was it DC Universe or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was like six issues of the Dead Man stories. DC Universe Presents. Yeah. yeah. Which and I, I love that format, and I wish they had kept that around. Like, like you were but saying, they, some, they don't yeah, need to dwell six issues on, like, Arsenal. Like, you can have that be the Arsenal miniseries, put that out on its own. Just give, like, one or two issue arcs where you can just tell a story about a character that's not appearing, and then you and move like, on to the next thing. The best one that they did, like they did a Challengers of the Unknown, mm-hmm. and that went an issue too long, and then they did a Vandal Savage one. You really loved the Vandal Savage. And the Vandal Savage one where it was the daughter who didn't know she was Vandal Savage's daughter, and he's taught, you know, he's... It he's was, the, uh, he was Red uh, Dragon. It, um, it was like a Hannibal Lecter Hannibal thing. Lecter. Red Dragon. Yeah, Red Dragon. Yeah, Red Dragon. Okay. And it was the Hannibal Lecter thing where mm-hmm. she's a cop. She doesn't know he's his daughter. She's He's manipulating her. Mm-hmm. And it was three issues, and it was brilliant. There was a – was there was like a Blue Beetle one that was a couple issues. Like yeah. they they didn't realize the format. They thought trade. Oh, we need to put Each six issues out as a trade. No, put a trade out with five different stories in it, six different stories in it. Why not? People like one-shots. People like those things where you can actually have a, a story that gets you interested in those characters. I don't know how many times, I mean, even if you think about, like, um, the Zero issue for uh, Infinite Crisis, where they made you fall in love with Blue Beetle and killed him at the end, and Ted Nord doesn't exist anymore. Like, it was those moments where they were able to do stuff like that, where you were really introduced to the bare bones of what a character is, and you'd fall in love with them. And DC had a habit of doing that in the past, in the early 2000s, mid-2000s. And then and then this current, with the New 52 and everything, they've kind of just... And I understand it's to try to make money, it's try to get people to buy issues, and they're trying as hard as they can, but they've fallen away from the things that made those characters great. With this Batman book, it was a great thing to get people to fall in love with Detective Chimp. That's, people would buy this book because this is Batman on it. Best story is Detective Chimp. Yeah. Where can I get more Detective Chimp? Oh, he's in he's in um, the the dark uh, the dark Justice League. Uh, these are other great stories, you know. Um, Shadow Pact and Shadow Pact and all that. All that. Those are great things to read about those characters or find out more in our past and like that's what they need to be doing they need to get you reinvested in these characters and why you should love them but they're not giving people opportunity to do that writers and and to do that that's my problem with dc right now i love dc and it hurts me 
that I don't get the things that I love from DC. And, and that sucks, but at least you didn't pay money for the Avengers Halloween special, which was another <laughs> anthology book that came out that I had submitted for the monthly look back. And then after I read it, I was like, no, we're not going to talk about this because there really wasn't anything that came out of this book that I was like, well, at least, you know, it'd be a good discussion. Like it was just bad stories. Uh, well, that was like the, the Halloween anthology last year with DC. That was, we, none of us had anything good to say about any of the stories in it. it may, I don't learn my lesson though, because I've already added the DC universe apocalypse holiday special to my pull list for whenever that comes out in December. So who knows? <laughs> I, Cause I sure as hell don't. Uh, but Next book, like Paul alluded to, was actually going to be Heroes in Crisis number two. Uh, this is written by Tom King, art by Clayman, and this is the second part of the Heroes in Crisis miniseries that's coming out. Uh, we've talked about series before with the Doomsday Clock coming out from DC Comics. And this is one I shamed you into. I shamed you into. You said you were going to buy it. Uh, yeah, I shamed. I shamed all of us into, into reading, reading it, it for the look back. No, um, I because I was going to buy this and I was going to read it no matter what. But I think it works now that we kind of dropped two of the books from the look back, so now it gives us something else to talk about. Uh, this one I think different enough from the first one, while still thematically the same, dealing with the same event that happened, but we're no longer being kind of focus on those ancillary characters where now we have Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman having their own interviews in Sanctuary. And that kind of is what gives the gravity to the series. It's not just like, oh, Citizen Steel's dead. We're now seeing what's happening through the eyes of the Trinity. Uh I think I think if you look back at what I how I reviewed this book, um the first issue, uh, I was on the fence if I liked it or not. Uh, if Chris picked it up, and if he didn't make me have to read it, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't read it. I might read it and trade. But I liked, I liked issue two. Issue two was really the hook for me. Um, I enjoyed how they did it. I think that setup book, and then now playing off of what was set up in issue two, it delivered for me. Uh, this was probably my favorite book of of the month. Uh, I, I like this one the most. I think the art's great in it. I think how they're leading the story, it's working out for me. I like, especially now, the Booster Gold and Skeet. Mm-hmm. Skeet's telling him to shut up and how everything's going to play out. I'm interested in it. I it's It's got me. It's got its hooks in me. I like Skeet's a lot. Well, I, I like Booster Gold being like, should should I turn myself in? Like, or should I do what Batman does? Batman would solve this. I'm going to do what Batman does. And then He's it, 90% sure. 78%. 72%. Uh, but just even that moment where Booster Gold uh, visits Barry Allen, and he's like, oh, well, what, what do you think of everything that's happening? Like, you know, play superheroes he are visits- dead. He visits Bruce, uh, Barry Allen and doesn't help out on the fight at all. I mean, that's Booster Gold, but also that's Barry Allen. Like he, he knows Barry's got this. 
Flesh has got it. Barry is just beating up these uh, like robot, robot samurai. Robot samurais. You know, this whatever. It's not the first time he's had to do that. No, it's not his first. Gold, time. Golden Age. You had to fight those guys too. <laughs> or Silver Silver Age. Age. Yeah. Uh, but I I don't know where this book is going. I man, I know Harley Quinn is a big deal now. Mm. Like it's it's a she is her own brand. But come on, Superman saying she's as good as Batman. Yeah, that's 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 a bridge too far for me. Yeah, yes, I agree. That I was, that was her... the one thing that I was like, okay, I roll. She gets the okay. She gets the well. She got the drop, drop on, on yeah. drop on Wonder Woman with the lasso. But when Batman's like, no, I can. Let's we don't need a uh, a supersonic thing in this warehouse. And when Batman says, I got somebody. He's got it. This is another thing where I, I, the take on Batman, I just don't like. I don't. It's again, like Batman doesn't say he's got something and doesn't. I got like that it. he opened up that dude's chest, you know, to to get that thing out of his throat. Yeah, or his mouth, and it looked, it almost looked like it a, looked like he opened up his chest. Yeah, but he, what he takes out is his like, and it looked like a wind up clacky thing, and I'm like, well, yeah, it's like the wind up teeth. Yeah, it'd be it'd be something that. But he he mentioned Harley I'm, Quinn. I'm did. going back through the pages, mm-hmm. but he says it's been stuck in his throat. Um, mm-hmm. Looks like he's felt yeah. something. So uh, it, no, it does look like he's going through like the upper chest, kind of closer to the neck, because it's on. Yeah, but it definitely edge. looks like he cracks his chest. Yeah. Yeah, so I almost thought, like, did he take? Is that his real teeth? No, it's uh, so he. Oh no, you, you, like you see the something. you see the winder on it. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it seems like somebody jammed those down his throat mm-hmm. to make you think that Harley Quinn is the villain, or maybe maybe she is. I mean, that's the whole hook of this book. Like, yeah, who did it? Is it Harley or or Booster? Um, but it can't be either one of those two, right? Or who knows? I mean, it could be. We, we, maybe, it was, like, maybe it was both. We don't know. Um, but then, then again, when you see the Lois Lane stuff, mm-hmm. it's somebody else Else's, who sent those things. Are the, yeah, the peddlers. Or yeah, puddlers. The puddlers. The puddlers. Which it, are the robots that were destroyed mm-hmm. in the first issue. You see them destroyed. So it's like, I don't know. This whole The foundation of this book is built on... Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman being like, oh, we got to build some robots that help people with their problems. I don't believe in that foundation of this story. Like, it's just, it doesn't work for me, so I'm kind of out already. I feel like Tom King doesn't have the same grasp of these characters that we have. Because, like, the Wonder Woman, yeah. the Batman, and and Superman, when they have those... Like, the Superman is a little more like, oh, yeah, it's a little more towards what I lean to. But when they have them going to Serenity or Society or whatever Sanctuary. it's called. Sanctuary. Sanctuary. And they're giving their, like, spiel and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like... Ah, you know who like Batman talks really... to? Alfred. He doesn't go to Sanctuary. He's yeah, Alfred. and then his thing is, like... I get teenagers to be yeah. trained and blah blah blah. Again, you know, like that's the whole thing where I I just don't agree with the premise. Well, of this, I, I of I, that Batman. Okay, I'm I'm going to disagree with you because this was something okay. that 
Bruce Wayne Batman did set up where people can just go and talk free of any kind of judgment or like feedback. Like they're going there mm-hmm. just to to vent to have like this weight taken off of them. I don't think it's outside the box that he would have somewhere he can go where he can talk to someone that's not human so he doesn't have to hear the feedback because he knows no whatever like whatever he tells Alfred. Alfred might give him the feedback he doesn't want to hear, but I don't think Bruce Wayne would ever be completely vulnerable with what he's saying. Right. But he, he, he would build be that able same to, system in the Batcave though. Like uh, he wouldn't okay. he wouldn't go some he wouldn't put it outside of his own power. He wouldn't put but, it but outside. But that's the thing, like this place cool. was in his power. Like it was set up by right. him, Superman and Wonder Woman. Like that's why it was built. It was a place that was supposed to be safe. It's sanctuary. This was where other heroes could go. And like for the first time, we get glimpses of the three of them going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't and think just, this is outside the box. Like I don't think this is like a poor grasp on the characters. I think this was furthering their vulnerability. And now they have to suffer for it. Right, I, and it's kind of like the thing with him hunting in the snow, where I I don't believe he had that, that those doubts of or dislike of himself in those moments. It's the kind of same kind of thing. I don't think he would ever talk about it. I I don't think he would ever go to a sanctuary or even. I feel even that admit it to Alfred. I he, think he wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't put something out there for other superheroes to use that he wouldn't use himself. And I think that's a part of that. But I think having the the Trinity have these moments is like the big, like, Tom King, like, having a big, like, hey, these are the big guys, and I've broken them down, and, and these are these are them. You know, like, it's, it's Tom King as a writer wanting to break those characters, boil them down in a, in a sense. Who's- but it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel right. Right. Who was the writer that uh, that you know did X Men for a while? He came over to Justice League, um, and he did those the story. Like every issue was a story about the heroes kind of failing. There was one issue of uh, the Flash having to put uh, new batteries in smoke detectors. Oh, that was, was uh, the Chuck Austin stuff. Chuck Austin. This kind of feels a little just a tiny bit like that, where it's like. Oh, we're gonna have the heroes kind of fail just a little bit, well, like show their human I, side. I think that that's still a big jump to make because this book you get literally one page of each of them sitting down, mm-hmm. like interview style, exposing a little bit of vulnerability, just where they're all like, "Well, this is this is what I have to put up with," but. I put up with it because this is what I have to do. And then they leave. Mm-hmm. Like, right. It's that moment of vulnerability. And then even, I can't remember where it's at in the book, but it's mentioned between the three of them that like, no, like everything that is recorded here is instantly destroyed. Like it's, it doesn't exist outside of it. And now that's the threat. Like these do still exist. Mm-hmm. Well, it's have- Batman and it's, it's Wonder Woman accusing Batman of like, no, you're Batman. Like, let's get beyond the lies. Come on. You always have a back door where you, you always can have, do yeah. this, and you can and see it, and it still exists somewhere. You have it. Superman even is like, come on, Bruce. Come on. 
and one of them was like, "You're Batman. Get get the backup file. We all know you have it." And Batman's like, "No, I don't." I think we read a lot of flawed books this month. This is definitely the most flawed. See, I that's, I, that's I for don't us to share. I don't feel that way because I feel like the flaws that you're seeing in this book are the flaws that are supposed to be there because it shows them as fallible. I, I don't I, think it's I, shoddy this is story. My favorite. I don't see it as this, like shoddy story time. I see it as like no, it's built into the like, architecture of this book that you see these characters and then you take away from us like, well no, one Roman would sit down and be like, oh I'm I'm weak. No, like this you're not supposed to see that, but now you are and she doesn't want you to. Uh, this is th- this was my favorite book of the month that we right. that we are reading. Um, and before we get into my picks, well, I, which b- before are- we move into the beer, I just want to ask a question to you guys. Do you think there's any kind of relevance or importance to the fact that you're seeing Harley in her old costume in this book versus the new like hot pants Harley? I was I'm like oh thank goodness it's not hot pants Harley. Again, because man, I do. I I think that's her trying to. That's a more innocent, quote unquote, innocent take on Harley, where she's like just been enthralled by the Joker, and I think she's trying to harken back to that, especially with Batman. Like, or you know, it's her younger years, so maybe they underestimate her more in that suit than they would in her. I think they'd underestimate her. Always. Um, I think it's more to get her back in that. But she's suit. not as good as Batman. <laughs> she's I, not as good as Batman. I, she she could be though. I mean, you have an A. You have a Golden Glove winner. You guys know what that means? <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank goodness. All right. Rocky. <laughs> no. Apollo Creed. No. And <laughs> Golden Glove. Then no. Oh, no. not not boxing. <laughs> not boxing. Do they call those players Golden Gloves? Yeah, uh, a, a player that has never gotten an error during the season. No errors. Wow. They're a Golden Glove. Uh, you have a that golden... guy's a good baseball player. Yeah, he's a great co- baseball player. He's out there. Does it depend on field. the position? Center, it doesn't center field. Play. No errors. Center field. And he calls, and the, the guy from center, uh, right field is running towards him. And center field, Golden Glove winner, says, I got it. Does a right fielder keep on running towards him? No, because center field, Golden Glove winner. Of course he's got it. He's got it. He called it. Batman, Golden Glove winner. He calls that he's got it. Superman's like, I'm the right fielder here. I'm not going to swoop in on that. And then he misses? No. No. It doesn't happen with Batman. No. Sorry. I- I'm no. I'm harking back to like what, 20 minutes ago, but still. <laughs> I just disagree with premises in this whole book. Chris, you were saying something. Uh, I'm sorry. No, I don't, I don't remember what I was saying, but again, it's built up on the fact that what Batman says and what Batman does are two separate separate mm-hmm. beasts in here. Even when it comes down to that, it's like, no, I bet you have kryptonite in your belt. I don't. And as soon as he gets the lesser truth on, he's like, yeah, I got it in my belt. Third pouch. Which, I mean, we... That's Batman. We know that's how Batman is. He's prepared for the contingencies. Yeah. I, 
I liked the book. I think it had a couple, a couple, uh, uh, some slight fa- flaws, um, but I didn't. I I liked this book the most. I would read number three. This well, you're going to because no matter what, we're doing it for look back next month, November 2018. Yeah. But. Uh, Paul and I have one more beard to review. One more. Uh, and this is because I grabbed it to record it, because I'm in that kind of a mood. And this is from Sam Adams. This is the 2017 Utopia. Mm-hmm. Utopias? Utopia. Utopia. This is a distilled beer. This is coming in at 28%. We opened this a year ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're still drinking it now. It's something that we've been slowly sipping on. It's been sitting in the podcast room. This is the third time I've had it. Me too. I've, I've never had it without you. We, we, we did spl- split this We split cost. this. Uh, it was uh, a great deal of money between the two of us. Uh, it, was, it was $100 between, okay. uh, each okay, of us. For each. That's. I'm in my 30s now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm closer to 40 than 30. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I got investments, I got 401ks, I got IRAs, you know, I guess, you know. It was, it's, it's not a, hundred bucks is a good deal of money. It's not a great deal a of money. It is a once in a lifetime purchase. purchase. Yeah. And it's something that both of us, I, uh, both of us wanted to acquire and try. It's this or one day at Disney. Yeah. And we <laughs> no. do that with Chris all the time. You're he welcome. gets us in. Uh, so this is something like I think we waited, we waited to do this because we wanted to do it with Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt pretty much at this time it's on its it's on its back legs. It's, is it? I think it's losing a little bit of its luster. Uh, but this, so this is a beer, uh, 28 28% distilled beer. It is more like a brandy mm-hmm. than it is a beer. And when we first had it, it was very hot, mm-hmm. very alcohol forward. You got that 28% more of a sipper. This isn't as much of a sipper. Uh, this is something that it's still raisiny. Mm-hmm. Still. It's maple syrup. Yeah. It's straight up. You said raisin, and I get a little raisin on the back end, but it's straight up maple you say syrup. maple syrup. I would it's pour got this amazing... over pancakes. Vacation Paul <laughs> would pour this over his pancakes and be like, "Yeah, deal with it." I think we we cracked Paul open loves... when Chris when when Chris was up here in what was it March, and we broke into a bunch of stuff in the cellar. I brought out a Braxis. I brought out a bunch of stuff that was like, "We've been sitting and waiting to drink these. Let's drink these." For some reason, we forgot about the Utopia to have with him. Abraxas was good. That was the chocolate one, right? Yeah, Abraxas is, was amazing. Yeah, I'm trying to get good. another. I'm trying to get more of that. Um, but we missed. We, we forgot to have this with you. The uh, very last time, but the first time we was the last. We Chris, you've had this. I'm sure, right? No, uh, no. I, I don't think so. Let me check on Untap though, because I can. I don't think he's had it. I can let you know. Oh man, X is at it. We did. We did. It was a game night. I have um, not had this. Oh. Uh, but it comes in. It comes in this brass. It comes in like a a, a brass ceramic. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like an old um, 
We we have a good amount still in there. We oh have, yeah, There's, and it's ale braid with maple syrup and aged in bourbon. So that's why I'm getting so much. Chris, next time you're up, we can't finish this bottle, but we gotta have a lot. Well, of the We bottle. gotta we gotta do some shots. Um, but it is it is something totally unique. It's it's a white once in a lifetime purchase. I would never mm-hmm. buy this again. I think the only time I would buy this if like. 10 people went in on it and mm-hmm. it was like oh it's 20 bucks and i get and then we all have it that night split it you split it all evenly i would do it um the bottle itself is super unique it's something that you i would keep is forever. it unique? It, it looks like it's it's ceramic and then it has this because it looks purplish red on metallic top. it's then yeah it's purple car- okay it's purple buddy okay and then it's more it's, copper in spots. Is yeah, it it's copper. It's it's or is it just the design of it is supposed to look like what you the old school style of where you would brew beer. Mm. Um, but it is it's super unique. I would keep the bottle forever. I mean, if you said you wanted, I'd give it to you because I'm that kind of a person. I want to keep it, but it's it's not Rapunzel, so why would I keep it on my? <laughs> but I would keep it. I would try. I would probably keep it forever. The, the the bottle itself it's very unique look it up if you want to see what it looks like um but it is it's a once in a lifetime beer and we've had it for a year and we we've never reviewed it so let's let's do it tonight uh yeah i think it's a worth a once in a lifetime maybe super special occasion like celebrating a big life moment yeah you know paying off a large bill being like hey we're done mortgage payment could go to that you know stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I call you up and say, "Hey, <laughs> I can get us a bottle. You can get two more split it. Yeah, it would be a hundred dollars." Yeah, and you're just like, "Yes, let's do it." Because one, it's hard to be able to even purchase. You can't it. even get it. Uh, in my in my in the Buffalo area through my store, I think there was five. And we bought one of the four. I would, and it, we I was the selling five. the rest of those. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's hard to come by. To even be able to purchase it, it's hard to come by. So I think it is. If you are offered the chance to purchase it, yes, do it without one time. Because who knows if you're going to be asked again? You'll never. You'll if ninety nine percent of the chance you'll never be asked again because they don't brew it every year. Yeah. They brew it sporadically. It's like every five years, every seven years. They don't do it. It's worth it. I, I think it's worth it. I think it's, it's an interesting it. experience. It's a great drinking experience. I, I have fun every time we pour it. All the Every time times. we've had it, it totally tastes totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, I can't wait to have it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't wait to have that shot of it. Well, guess what? That's all we ever drink is a couple sips. Yeah, There's I poured a in splash there. in a glass, and Paul and I both both drank that splash. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, yes, you can Chris. have your third. <laughs> you can have as much as we've ever drank. The next time you're up, hey, cool. Just to remind us because we have a tendency I, to I, forget. I won't remember. We, we pour a lot of beer when you're up. <laughs> That's true. And we go get a, a lot well, of it's, beer. It's a around. lot of let's go buy beer to have. Mm-hmm. And then it's also like, oh, well, we've been sitting on this uh, for when you came up. You know, it's understandable that you don't always remember everything. There's We we earmark so much stuff for like, oh, when Chris comes up, we got to have this. Mm-hmm. And we have too much earmarked. <laughs> we earmark 
Christmas beers. <laughs> <laughs> next week, guys. Next week. Christmas next beer. week. Um, my last beer for the night, something I had last week on the show. And this is Founders Curmudgeon's Better Half. And if you're listening and being like, well, you just had that on the last episode. Why would you be talking about it again? It's because I bought a whole nother four pack of it because <laughs> oh, I already for drank you. all of the better half that I had. Uh, I love this beer, guys. It's fantastic. As much as I like the fact that I can get something like Backwoods Bastard here around now, mm-hmm. just the nice little maple sweetness on the on the tongue of this. I, I'm going to miss this because I'm sure they'll probably bring it out in another year or two. Um, but man, between this and then Barrel Runner, I have to say Founders is doing a lot better now with their Barrel Age series than they were last year when we were like, yeah, Legend of Cause, okay, not great. Oh, it's not part of the Barrel series. Oh, it was going to be. We know, we know what your game is. I, Have you been able to find CBS down there? Not yet, but again, like I was just—it takes—it takes a while. Yeah, I was just able to get a uh, better half two weeks ago for the first time, and it had been like released a month before. So I'm sure CBS will get down here. I like that I can get stuff. It just takes a little bit longer, and it doesn't seem like Orlando has a big market for people that are like buying all this kind of stuff up, even. Like a couple weeks ago, when I went to the beer store, I was still able to find better half on the shelves. Uh, yeah, Curmudgeon's better half. Great. And uh, that'll go into my books for this month. And I'm sorry, guys. Um, you, you, you know what to expect. It, from it's me. it's okay. I just think Don't it's crazy that orb. all of your books had the the exact same look to them. <laughs> like artistically, like they were all very much in line with one another. Very sketchy, very dark. Uh, can we get Death Orb out of the way first? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's get that one out of the way. It's what I was going to do first, anyways. Oh, good. Uh, so we have Death Orb from Dark Horse Comics. This is written by Ryan Fiere and art by Alejandro Aragon. Ryan Fiere tries to take us to Flavor Town, and he just misses. Uh, so this is a book, post-apocalyptic world, with uh-huh. the most ninetyest, coolest guy ever, with his Superboy, uh, <laughs> Death of Superman haircut, his glasses that you know they have that side thing that cover like they're almost like goggles. Yeah, it's the mutants from uh, a, the a from ba- Batman Returns, the Dark Knight Returns. Comic and then book. he's got a badass nineties atomic symbol on his leather coat mm-hmm. uh post-apocalyptic world this is the coolest dude that's ever lived and he can kill anybody because he's that badass even when he's outnumbered because mm-hmm. he can jump off his motorcycle and he he takes the head of a wizard he's he's got a uh, guy that he's talking to uh post-apocalyptic world trying to find i know i said it like four <laughs> times to keep cutting me off Sorry. I'm trying to make sure people know. It's a post-apocalyptic world where his wife has been taken. I uh-huh. keep trying to get to that wife oh, has been taken. Okay. You keep cutting me off. Sorry. Post-apocalyptic world where his <laughs> wife has been taken, and he's trying to find her and his unborn child. 
and it takes him to a bar where there's a blind guy who can make you see the future. There's the the priest or lords or whatever who the runs lords the control city. everything. Um, in premise, when you read it, it sounds like it's gonna. It could, as always. Hey, I, I think this premise might be good. It was not. Uh, I slogged through reading this. I I have I do enjoy the look of this book. I think it does look really cool. This isn't the kind of universe that I want to just be thrown into, though, because there's so much going on here that as I'm learning the rules of the universe, I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what? That is like really distracted me from actually enjoying the book. Um, it's currently only a dollar ninety nine on Comicsology. I hope you didn't pay more than that for it. It's it's not a bad book, but I just didn't care about it. I think if I had gone in with some knowledge of the universe, like I had read a zero issue before it, it kind of acted as a premiere. I would have been more receptive, but I didn't absolutely I think- hate it. When this book co- came out, it probably was like Mad Max meets blah 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 blah, and I was like, "Hey, okay, <laughs> Mad Max, yeah." And it just it doesn't deliver. But why 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 do you like Mad Max? I love Mad Max. Mad Max is awesome. That's why he likes Mad Max. What's the setting of Mad Max? Post-apocalyptic. Oh, that's a- someone's taking his wife. <laughs> it's taken meets Mad Max. Uh, it. I am not I'm not on for the long haul. I think if it was a one shot and at the end he finds his wife, she's dead or blah blah blah. As a one shot in this world It is a one shot. He got shot in the head. He's dead. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, there's an issue too, Paul. Uh, no there isn't. Not in my world. Not in my world. Waiting <laughs> like um, for his wife. Nope. And I, I, drew, I agree with you, Chris. Like the look of the book is good. It's I, it, I wouldn't want to read more than issue one, and I won't. Hey, live in my world. There's only issue one. Uh, but then my next book, for a four ninety nine digital uh, book, which you get two books, you get two oh, issues yeah, yeah. in one. Yeah, it's a double a, double thing. Uh. We have uh, Iron Fist, the Phantom Limb, chapters one and two. Writers Clay McLean Chapman and art by Guillermo Sanana. Sanana? This is a Iron Fist story of him trying, fighting a villain, trying to save people, and a boy falls through his grasp. He has his, he has the boy in his hand. He slips through his fingers, and the boy dies. And it is Iron Fist dealing with the guilt of that, and then an ancient Chinese demon going into the body of the boy and causing uh, more demons to come about, and Iron Fist having to fight him but not wanting to charge his chi because he is vowed to not charge his chi until he is the boy's. Uh, healthy or he feels forgiveness for that and then it goes very evil dead it does where the evil gets in his hand and then iron fist loses his hand and then he's fighting and 
This book wasn't great. I didn't hate it, though. Um, I, I When you put this on there and I saw Iron Fist, okay, I was like, I, Iron Fist book. All right, I'll read it. I didn't expect it to become a horror book where he's fighting against like Chinese demons. Uh, I don't know if I will like would continue to read it or if I would read more, but I kind of liked where where it went. Like it was very much just a tale of it was Danny, very Danny Rand failing animal animal man. Yeah, it, it was just very animal man swamp thing. The crossover they did with the red, and it's just like it it could fit in an Iron Fist world, but they didn't let you know, like, they didn't let you know this is where it was going. No, and it's not what I would have expected or wanted from an Iron Fist book, but for what it is, I I think it was kind of cool. This is a Marvel Digital original, so you can only get it through something like Comixology or like the Marvel Comics app. Uh, I didn't hate it. I know that's not like a glowing endorsement for the book, but <laughs> it was definitely weird where there's just like demons that inhabit people's hands. I don't know enough about like the folklore of it to be like, oh yeah, like this is the story from that. But it's a very different Iron Fist story. Uh, and I kind of dug that it was something that I didn't expect. Uh, yeah, I one I wasn't expecting the two chapters in it. Yeah, so when I was when I finished the book, and then it was like chapter two was like, oh, it keeps going. Yeah, I was like, oh, good, I'm done. Oh, this that feeling going. you had is when you gave us that Superman book too. <laughs> <laughs> but I give you months uh, notice. On Bullshit. The the only time he gave us months notice was uh, Habibi. <laughs> That's just because you couldn't finish it. Chris couldn't finish it. <laughs> we kept on and I had the back. shortest span to read it. We kept on pushing it back. Uh, it's, it, I wouldn't say it's bad. Again, if it, if it were to wrap up in these two issues, I think I would be more on board. But the fact that it didn't wrap up I'm not gonna spend four ninety nine for another quote unquote two issues. This is uh, like if you picked up the rest of it, I would probably read it eventually. Like it wouldn't be on the top of my things to get to, but if I saw it was available, I would get it. And then as I was reading through the rest of the books that we have to read for the show, it would just keep falling down the list until I finally got to the point where I was like, Oh, I'm bored. What can I do? Oh let me let me read some comics. Oh, I have Iron Fist Phantom Lib like number two, which is parts three and four. Like, I can read this. Again, this is another issue of a comic book superhero that starts questioning himself. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe but he maybe he'll realize because he even says, Oh, even with my powers, you know, the powers he's too slow. I got all the martial arts training. Like I've been doing this for years. Like I don't need just the power of the Iron Fist. I'm more than that. And it's like, nope, it's self-doubting. And like, man, this book, I already, I live that. I don't need self-doubt right this, now. This book, like, you were in the bathroom when I said, yeah. it's oh. very Animal Man. 
it's very the animal man. Uh, it's very animal man and swamp thing with the new fifty two. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, with the with the, uh, the with decay, the, the decay and everything. And if if it had taken its time to evolve to the point of what you get in this book, I think it would be considered a better book. You have Danny with maybe you start seeing little glimpses leading in that he's wavering in those in those feelings about himself, and then this happens, and then this all stuff grows. Uh, the fact that the fact that it um, it's just so quickly done, and you it's oh you're the demon blah 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 like. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. Ha ha. Now I'm in your hand. Like, if it had more time to build and give you yeah, some time to character, but each other. it's a digital one and it's just trying to be snap, 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 get it, get it out as quick as possible. I, it's not my, it, it's not the worst book we read, but it's towards the bottom for me. Mm-hmm. So talking about. The worst books we read. What was the last one? I even, I blocked it out of my mind. Uh, so we are reading the in- Umbrella Academy oh, Hotel okay. Oblivion number one, written by Gerard Way, and art by Gabrielle Ba. And this is continuing on right after Volume Two, which came out probably it's like eight years gonna, ago. It was eight, a while I was going to say eight. Eight years ago, and then it was probably like three or four years ago where the original Umbrella Academy came out. Uh, and the first thing I realized when I started reading this book was I do not remember enough of Umbrella Academy Volume 1 and 2 going into this. I remember reading Volume 1 for the show. We read it for the yeah, show. I, uh, I remember... I read both of them. I read Umbrella Academy and then Umbrella Academy, like, Dallas... As they came out, and then I made you guys read the first volume of Umbrella Academy for a trading policy. Uh, so that was the freshest thing in my mind, but even then, that was a couple years ago when we did read that one. So and, I, I came into this without that fresh knowledge of what was happening in the Umbrella Academy universe. So I came into this very much the same way as I did with something like Death Orb, where it's a weird world that you're thrown into it, but I think having just that knowledge of Umbrella Academy helped me a bit because I enjoyed this just because the rules had already been set for me. Like I came into Hotel Building and be like, okay, it's Umbrella Academy. I know the characters. I might not know what I'm getting into, but I know how it's going to be told versus something like Death Orb where I went into it and I was like, this is all too crazy for me. I don't like it. I when you had us read Umbrella Academy, I loved it. And that Chris probably was maybe six, seven years ago that we read we read that volume one. Uh, I read volume two. I barely remember anything from volume two. I barely remember anything. Is that when they stopped the Lincoln assassin? Yeah, that, that was uh, the Lincoln one. Or not the Lincoln, the John F. Kennedy. <laughs> Kennedy. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, because it was Isaac in Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. Um, this book needed a one-page. This is what 
previously happened. Yeah, but I would have skipped that because I'm reading it for the podcast. See, I, read, I would have started reading it, and then I would have. I was like, Ah, Umbrella Academy. I know, and start reading it's... the book, and then and then I would have gone, boop boop boop, gone back to the beginning. Like, I need this refresher. It 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 needs that. The books have come out in mm-hmm. such a time frame that I literally barely remembered anything i rem- i couldn't tell you how many siblings there are mm-hmm. what their powers were it 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 definitely was like I, I bit off more than i could chew because i don't have these books to even mm-hmm. thumb through to refresh myself with i think that's on not just you but us in general because this book's going into itself thing like okay you're reading the umbrella academy you're a fan of the umbrella academy you know what's happened to Umbrella Academy. Here's the third part of Umbrella Academy. We, because I'm right there with you, like, I love this book. I should have reread the first two series <laughs> before I went into it because it's Umbrella Academy. It's going to be fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And I knew that going into it, but I thought I was well versed enough in the crazy. And then I was like, no, like I should have reread that second, second arc just to catch myself up. Cause I still remember enough of the first one, but that was just, that's not enough information. And no, I'm sorry, and, I'm sorry. I let you down dark horse. And that, that's the thing is this book, this book treats you as someone who is still in that world, who knows everything that's going on. And even for someone like myself who really loves it, I'm really excited about the Amazon uh, show that's going to happen. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm in there. And then I read this and I go, man, I am not in there. <laughs> Definitely, if I had had some type of refresher, if I had reread something, if I had the books to, to go thumb through again, this book would be better to me. It's my own fault. This book treats you like you are well-versed in this world. Mm -hmm. I think the book is still really good. I enjoyed it. I'm interested in the Hotel Oblivion and everything that's going on. But I definitely know that I need to, before I read issue two, I need to reread. Since there's been such a time gap, do you think this should have been just all produced as one single trade and then released as a trade? I don't. I don't think so. Because think, what what purpose does it send to have a first issue? New readers can't jump on and be like, oh, "Okay, here we go." New readers aren't going to read on un- yeah. basically Umbrella Academy Volume Three, right? So why why don't they just release all of it as Volume Three? Because you make more money off of the single issues, and yeah, who's buying do it, it again as a trade? Who's well, who's buying it is the fans of Umbrella Academy. Who are keeping up on the reading of it? It's the same as any other book. Like, not to just throw it out there because it's another Gerard Way project, but who's keeping up on Doom Patrol? Right. It's the fans of Doom Patrol. Like, we picked up that first issue because it was a it was a number one. It was written by Gerard Way of Umbrella Academy fame. But there's people that are going into that book knowing those characters mm-hmm. and have gone back and read them and reread them. Like if, I was, they, if they came out with X, the last man, which is a sequel to Y, the last man, that, that would be a brand new book. 
would you want to see that all just released as a one volume story or would you want to read that month to month like for the next like year well chris i read it in the trades why the last man and also excellent the last man sounds like a prequel john loves prequels so he would read it <laughs> Uh, Z the Last Man, I would love as a yeah, as a traded, traded uh, uh, product. There we go. Uh, yeah, I I mean, like I was interested in the um, you said it the Gerard Way. It was the Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. I was interested in that because I went back and bought and reread most of Grant Morrison's run on Doom Patrol because mm-hmm. I was interested in it. It fits in the things I really like. So I was excited for Gerard Way's take on that. Like, I had an active interest in it. I thought I had an active enough interest in Umbrella Academy Volume 3 here when I hit the point where I was like, you know what? I barely remember what's going on. And it is that thing of I should have gone back and reread it. It shouldn't have been ultimately shouldn't have been picked for this because. But even you remembered about the assassination. I didn't remember. I didn't read volume two. All I know is that's that's why it was Dallas and it, it, the kid goes back in time and somehow thinks. I just remember the monkey man going up to the moon and becoming space half boy monkey man, face boy and the half monkey, and he comes back and the like. It starts off. Like, you ready for our travel? I'm like, oh, we're going back to Monkey Man. Uh, Monkey Boy, Space Boy. Nope. <laughs> Something different. And I'm like, I don't know where we are. There's a mom that's a mannequin kind of thing. Yeah. Where's the, the girl with the viol- that's a violin? She was the villain. She was the villain in the first one. first one. And... She's no Why are team? you not saying words? You want I'm past words with trying to explain this book. It's okay, gu- guys, guys, guys. If you want, I already put volumes one and volume two on Comicsology, so they're there to catch up on if you nope. so choose to. Uh, Paul says no. I, I say yes. I am going to go back. I'm going to reread both the previous volumes. I will continue on into Hotel Oblivion and keep going from there. Yeah. All right. Power ranking. Oh, are we at the end? Holy crap. Yep. You didn't have another one? Oh, no, you didn't. No, I didn't. Oh, you um, you cut it was. Well, what was the book that you cut that, because I cut the Avengers. Uh, It was a Cullen Bunn book called Cold Spots. Ghost story, blah, 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 town of ghosts, uh, not very good. Better than Death Orb, I will say. <laughs> not saying much. After I read Death Orb, I was like, mm, I cut the wrong book. <laughs> so my bottom would be Death Orb. Above that, Umbrella Academy. Above that, what was your other book, John? Um... Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Okay. And then above that, Tom King's Sanctuary, Heroes in Crisis. Above that, what was the other two books? Batman Secret Files and uh, Spider Geddon. Oh, Spider Geddon is my number two, and Batman Secret Files is my number one. That is not saying anything. (laughs) 
This well, maybe Paul, you should think about buying some fucking books <laughs> for the look back. Well, guess what? We're gonna read next month. The Green Lantern. We're reading that Green Lantern. Oh my and gosh. that's gonna be poison in the veins. The Green Lantern coming at you. I'm just hoping I'm pleasantly surprised by it and it can come out and be like, wow, like uh, it's Space Cop uh, Green Lantern. It's good. Have you read it yet? No, I then don't tell me now. Space Cop Green Lantern with a but smile. That, that's on your what face. it's being primed yeah. as. John, do you have your power ranking, or do you want me to? Uh, yeah, I will do um, the Tom King. Uh, I want to call it Serenity, but it's not the Heroes, Heroes for in Crisis. Heroes in Crisis number one, Spider Geddon number two, Batman Secret Files, Umbrella Academy, Iron Fist, and Death Orb. Death Orb. Uh, John, your list matches mine. Yeah, because it's the it's the right list. <laughs> it's the right it's the right way to read those books, and it's funny because I will read Heroes of Crisis number three. Spoilers: Yes, we all will for the November look back. But I'm going to keep reading Spider Geddon. Uh, I'm going to read Hotel Oblivion number two once I reread the first and second volumes. Um, Iron Fist not terrible, just. Not what I expected, but yeah, Death Orb and uh, parts of <laughs> not great, just not not great. Not great. But Detective Chimp, Detective Chimp, so great though, so good, so great. It's, but and the first story, pretty good. Second story, the first story is the one with the Kryptonite that's, Superman. That was good. It was, no, good. That's, it was that's a, well written. Mm-hmm. I, I think so too. Scarecrow, it was my, it was Scarecrow my gas. third favorite story in there. Yeah, and it was on the side of good stories told, and then the other two yeah. were bad stories. That were told. I, I think what not to like roll it back into like the top of that. I think if the stories had just been bookended by that Tom King story, and you had some sort of reflection on just everything else that happened in the wake of that story. It would have elevated it a little bit more, but yeah, agreed, agreed, agreed. And if you want to elevate this podcast even more, rate and review us on wherever you listen to us. Here in the States, uh, Thanksgiving is coming up and, you know, the holiday season begins. And what greater gift can you give a podcast than a rating and a review? We do enjoy them. Uh, But also find us over on Facebook. Find us over on our website. Chris is working diligently on the show notes. Uh, so find us over there. Comment. Mm-hmm. We love comments. We, we love, love to them. I would love to get a comment on the the website, except for the spam ones yeah. I constantly have to delete. I keep don't every time you say bride. that, I go, "I'm going to do that," and I never do. See, I'm that way with every other podcast that I listen to, though. Mm-hmm. I don't blame I don't blame you, listener. If you don't rate and review us, I am right there next to you. It's just something we need to say. Yeah, you need to do it. Hey, guys. Hey, everybody. I, let's all go out there for I, Thanksgiving and read and review. Give I contribute to, to a podcast. Patreon for a website or for a podcast that I have never rated or reviewed. <laughs> let's, let's solve that. Let's go out there and do that for Thanksgiving. Sure. Can I go ahead and do it? 